Okay, so welcome everybody to Sports Goose number 85. I'm Francisco, always joined by my good buddies, Andrew and Charles. How are you guys Howdy. doing? Doing good. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm existing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's uh the week of Thanksgiving, so we'll we'll have our, our thanks what are we thankful for this year thing later on in the show, maybe towards the end to, to sign off on. We got a lot of stuff planned for this week's episode. Stuff happened in baseball, I guess, and some, some signings and stuff, but some minor stuff. We might touch on it. We might not. NBA has some news. We'll, we'll touch on that. NFL and college football continue on and move forward. And so we'll, 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 we'll touch on that, what the NHL might do with regards to their play to, uh, in 2021. Then our weekly segments, we all know that. We all know that those are going to come, and I have some saved up from, from last week. And the cage with Charles, but we're going to flip it around today. Instead of ending the show on it, instead of the showstopper, the, the, we're going to start with the cage. So we're flipping just... things on our head. We're doing a we're doing a we're doing a tombstone to the show tonight. Oh. Oh, oh, here we go. Let, let's go. Let's just start. <laughs> well, everybody, welcome to your weekly Truplex. So now the new opener of the show for at least this episode's purposes. Want to know why? Because instead of being show top stoppers, we want to be the prime time. We want to be the thing that you desire to see every Tuesday at 7 p.m., 7.04, right? That's where we're at. And you know where you are? You're listening to our show. Why? Because you guys are masochists, and we appreciate you all the same. <laughs> now remember, folks. Wrestling is scripted. It is not fake. It is a dance. It is a ballet. It's a staged fight between men and women being the holy hallow of each other, looking for championships, for respect, or sometimes they're just bad hombres. And boys, fellas, people around the world, all nations, lots of stuff happened this weekend, wrestling-wise. WWE-wise, legacy-wise, your existence for 30 years as a fan-wise, an impact. It's a climax. You guys ever wonder how Game of Thrones is going to end finale-wise? That's kind of what the mega source was. You guys want to know how Harry Potter was going to end? That's how it kind of felt like it was. You know, for my old people out there, you want to know what happened when who shot JR and you finally got the result? This is how it kind of felt. Forget AEW, forget Ring of Honor, forget New Japan. I never thought I'd say that, even though New Japan's not my favorite promotion right now. They just don't have anything to Wrestle Kingdom. We're going to all WWE in this episode, folks, because, guys, I'm going to start with it. Survivor Series, one of the big four pay-per-views, right? The big four is Royal Rumble in January, WrestleMania in April, SummerSlam in August, and then Survivor Series in November. What's the purpose of Survivor Series for the most part? brand promotions going against each other. Made no sense to me half the time because since the CV era started, because I know we're back on YouTube, so I can't say the fancy word, but um, since CV started, you know, everybody's been kind of just show up on the shows, but prior to that, it was Raw versus SmackDown. Last year, it was Raw, SmackDown versus NXT, which I kind of miss, I gotta tell you. But normally, there's your typical Survivor Series matchup, five on five, baby, you know, to see who's the supremacy. This year, they also did championships going against each other so you would have the universal championship going against the um, WWE champion no titles on the line same thing with the mid-card titles the women's titles the tag team titles Survivor Series is also very special though this year because it's not best of the best they told you it was best of the best ah there was not really the best of anything matches wise I watched it 
but it was The Undertaker's final farewell. Now, I really don't think I have to do an equivalent of a Let's Haul Y'all for The Undertaker. I think that's disrespectful to the legacy in of itself. Plus, I can't even say Let's Haul Y'all because he ain't in the Hall of Fame yet. So that's just me taking cheap shots. What am I going to go do? Go to courts and say, hey, Taker's in the Hall of Fame. You have to wait till it's inducted, baby. Sorry, you got to wait it out. But I will tell you what The Undertaker is. He is essentially WWE for the last 30 years. 30 years ago, a man named me, Mark Calloway, in his NWA, AWA days, Big Red, showed up by Ted DiBiase's Survivor Series team. And 30 years later after that, I don't want to say the rest is history, because there's a lot of history that had to be written. I hate that phrase, folks. But this was the final farewell, the goodbye. I feel like Frank Sinatra singing in the background now. You know, the end is near. I'm not going to serenade you guys because that's for the OnlyFans. Follow us on our OnlyFans if we ever create one one day. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Charles the True, FJOJR, Dan Free Holes, and of course, Sports Schools. And a shout out to Brendan's uh, you know, Twitter account, who is honorary member, is going to be for, you know future member of the Goof World Order. And of course, BU and um, <clears throat> Freddie and their stuff. I always give them love. They're part of the Goof World Order as well. But it's the Taker's final farewell. I'm sitting there. I'll give you a little suspense. I'm like, all right, is this going to be the cheap shot? Or is Vince going to build a storyline out of this? Is this going to be one more match? Because Taker hasn't wrestled, and you can't see me, but finger quotes, since Mania in that excellent Boneyard match against AJ Styles, which wasn't even a match. It was a cinematic match. His last actual event was against also AJ Styles in the, uh, one of the Saudi Arabia pay-per-views. But it was the final farewell. And me and my buddy Tony, Tony's like, I'll see it when he's dead. Because Wrestling, you never retire because you kind of broke. But this was Taker's final farewell. This guy is known as being Mr. WrestleMania. He had the streak, 22-2 and two or 23-2 and two or 21-2. and two. Don't make me do math today, guys. It's been a very long day. But he said it was his final farewell. So it was really kind of like a show dedication for him. They were building it up. He's been doing interviews. He was on Hot Ones. I watched Undertaker on Hot Ones. I'm not used to that. Yeah. It's, very, it's very weird and rare because this guy – is as old school as old school can be, where he doesn't break kayfabe, kayfabe being the act. He doesn't do certain things. He didn't do interviews. He wasn't off making movies. He didn't make a reality TV show. Guy didn't make a sex didn't, tape. All didn't make a sitcom like, comedy on Netflix. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> ambassador. This guy's as old school. He didn't know Twitter. He didn't know social media. My God, this man is basically a saint client for all people who are lawyers, right? Because what do we tell our clerks? Don't do anything, you know, social media. So it was his final farewell. We'll talk about the Survivor Series matches, and then we'll talk about Taker, because I think that holds a little bit of precedent. The Survivor Series match was just like a C-pay-per-view. Highlight matches of the night, New Day versus Street Profits, I thought it was very good, if not great. I think it's how you tell the story of two babyface teams going against one another. Remember, babyface, good guys. New Day, very profitable. Love them. Love me that entire construct of a team. Don't like the fact that they're Raw Tag Team Champions right now because sometimes you have to create parity. And the Street Profits, I'm a little partial to them. They're the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I remember them where they were on NXT, on the house shows, when it was Montez and Dawkins. And there was nothing else that kind of came into it. And then it's like seeing your children grow up. Seeing your children take their first steps, and now they're on a big pay-per-view. And boys, they put on a very good match. It was good storytelling because the New Day kind of came out as aggressive. They were kind of like, you think you're us? You ain't us. We are us. And it was a good back-and-forth match. I think Woods and Kofi did what they had to do, but Montez and Dawkins, especially Dawkins, because I think people kind of forget his role as he's supposed to be the heavy. I think he should be the hot tag, not Montez, even though Montez oozes charisma. 
Dawkins has to be there. Because that's the thing about tag teams. Sometimes you're not good separate, but you're better together. And I'm going to give a shout-out to Dawkins. If you do listen, please follow us on Twitter. Come show me the show. We'll love you. I used to see you in Fort Pierce. Come on, man. This guy... You know, he used to be on NXT years and years ago, just house shows, and he had difficulty getting there. He was never fired, but he had to figure out his own niche, and then they paired him with Montez Ford, and that's how he created the, the Street Profits. And it goes to show that you don't get lightning in a bottle immediately. You don't have the great idea. Wrestling is not creating a character. It's creating a screenplay. It's creating a play itself. And you have to define the characters, the conflicts, and when that's all said and done, you have to work with the actors, the producers, and the directors. Anybody who's done any writing, I actually have. You know, I know Andrew and Francisco like their sports writing, and you guys can understand the same too. There's an editor. There's a publisher. There's somebody always kind of dictating you, and somehow you don't get to act. So Dawkins, good on you, man, because I thought you showed up in a great way. I thought they kept us entertained. Uh, Charles rating, because we're going to do this stuff now on pay-per-view matches. True rating, four. Four or two, five. I liked it. Asuka and Sasha, another good match. They have great chemistry. They've wrestled a lot during the summer. Sasha wins clean. Oh, Street Profits won. That's how I leave it as. Um, Sasha wins clean. It's good. I don't know what we're doing Fosca, whatever, but Vince hates her. I get it. Asuka, we love you. Join us on the show sometime. Um, you know, it was a very good match. Good back and forth. Ends up with a surprise um, pin. You know, nobody taps out. That's the thing I hate about kind of American wrestling, that Vince McMahon thinks that it's weak for anybody to kind of tap out. But in UFC, people tap out all the time. No one says yes. You know, clog my, my, my breathing airwaves, you know, so I have brain damage. Please dislocate my joints fully. It doesn't, like, click. Marty Skrull, who is a wrestler of Ring of Honor, said it never makes sense in the American wrestling that they think submitting is weak. If anything, I think if you can't take a super kick to the face that knocks you out for three seconds, you can't kick out. That might show a sign of weakness more. But whatever, American wrestling has its own critiques. That was a good match. Roman versus Drew. Universal Champion versus Heavyweight Champion. They have history. They fought at uh, not this year's WrestleMania, but the year prior to which Roman won. It was his WrestleMania after he beat, um, basically came back from cancer, from leukemia. Roman was eliminated by Drew at WrestleMania, or I'm sorry, at Royal Rumble to get his title shot. They were both good, respected brands. Remember, Drew just won back his title. Everybody was riding the love train of that match. I thought the match was just fine, boys. It was good. It's like a 3.75 or 3.5. And, of course, it ended schmoozy because Drew was looking like a, like a, like a straight-up rabid dog, and Roman was trying to go from there. But it ends with um, the ref kind of getting knocked out. It's the old stick. Ref gets knocked down, distracted. Roman low blows him, and then in comes Jey Uso, his cousin, that Roman has said, fall in line, not that you lost. Because that storyline I don't think is done. I think it's incredible. I love it. Comes and interferes and helps Roman just, like, choke out Drew. That stuff was good storytelling. The Survivor Series matches were not good. And remember, Survivor Series is five-on-five five elimination. The men's Raw sweeps the men's uh, SmackDown. Jey Uso was the last guy there, and it was like one-on-five. I don't get it. I know for storyline purposes, they're all going to be like, now we get a title shot against Drew McIntyre. Maybe that's your propulsion. It might be Braun Strowman. It might be AJ Styles on Raw. They kind of laid out the foundation doing an elimination match. But I don't think anybody looked good in SmackDown. SmackDown kind of needed that more to at least have some guy who stood out to look like the main eventer, but I will say Otis did look good. And then the women's, it was no bueno. It ended with Lana winning on a double countout when both Bianca Belair, who looked fantastic, wife of Montez Ford, um, and Nia Jax uh, got counted out, but the running story, they're going to continue Lana and Nia. Nia is the tag team champion with Shayna Baszler, what have you. It's whatever. Um, so that was that. And then we get to Taker. And boys, I got to tell you, my first two wrestling figures, because I was that kid with a grand imagination, and, you know, I, I live in Polk County, Florida, and not a lot of people have uh, 
you know, they liked they liked that's how I got into wrestling, but they were like, oh, you know, use your imagination. I don't I don't hang out with people that like to chew chaw at ten years old. Um, so one of my, my two first toys, because you know, if you're getting wrestling, you just can't get one guy. You have to have an opponent. Stone Cold Steve Austin, <clears throat> and you know, The Undertaker. So this was the final farewell, and they started bringing up everybody there. You had Jeff Hardy, you had Rikishi, you had Savio Vega, dudes that Taker was like besties with. You know, the Godfather, the Bone Street crew kind of thing, right? Jeff Hardy's not his boy, but Jeff Hardy got made because of the Undertaker. Triple H comes out, Shawn Michaels comes out, that's great. Um, they had historic matches. Kevin Nash comes out, I'm like, why are you here? Like, you had a WrestleMania match with him as Diesel, but you never crossed paths again. It's just because H is just getting you a paycheck. Miss me with this nonsense. Kevin Nash, we love you. Not just for your wrestling as Big Daddy Cool as Diesel or Big Sexy Kevin Nash. You're also Super Shredder in TMNT Secret of the U's. Great movie. I don't know what anybody hates on that. Love it. Go watch it. But then, <laughs> and they brought back Kane, and Kane's like the only one it's in a great wrestling opener gear. For a movie. Right, so when Kane's they come the down the stairs one. or whatever, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's great, great. And so Kane's the only one with wrestling gear, which I thought was like hysterical. And some people are like, "Why is he out of wrestling gear?" Because you guys wouldn't like Mayor Kane or Corporate Kane. Let him come out as Kane, Jesus Christ. Um, but then Vince is there, and then you know it's real. There's no storyline because the only suspicion I had was like the Fiend would come out of nowhere and just like Sister Abigail take her, and then maybe we get that final final match. But um, Vince is out there. First off, Vince, whoever does your eyebrows, you got arched up like a girl in Miami. You need to clear that stuff out. <clears throat> Bring it up. Bring it up and tell me. Take it to the polls. Tell me <laughs> it's not true. Because Vince is like 75, and I don't know if it's plastic surgery or if he's literally withering away looking like a mannequin. And you guys know I have a love-hate Vince uh, relationship with Vince McMahon. He's basically the, the, the half-brother. He's a stepdad, essentially. Um, but So Vince is there. And he's cr- he, his voice is cracking. I'm like, ah, it's for real. His meal ticket is gone. Because what's the biggest <laughs> complaint about Vince McMahon? He cannot make new stars. Everybody wants to leave, or he can't push the right people. But damn it, that Saudi Arabia money, baby, you know, it's coming in because of people like Taker and HBK and all this other stuff. But Taker, when I think he says he's good, he's good. He's got nothing else to gain out of it, right? Because he doesn't want to tarnish legacy. He fixed his legacy. For the last couple of WrestleManias, he couldn't go, and then he had that beautiful cinematic Boneyard match, which was basically the wrestling equivalent of Logan. So Vince has gone on there with his very much, you know, uh, Hialeah eyebrows, talking and stuff. He's about to cry, and he goes, one more time, The Undertaker! That's literally how he sounded. And I'm like, boy, you got to get some veneers, man, because it's going. Taker comes out with his 20, and boys. I knew, and I was a little bit delayed, too, because I don't like to watch the pay-per-views immediately. I like to wait an hour so I can just kind of, like, skip through the commercials or the matches I don't want to watch, but I watched everything. I watched all that 10, 15-minute entrance, knowing that it's really, like, logistically the last time, aside from some weird-ass cameo that would come in. And I felt it a little bit in my soul. But I, I, 31, I can hold it out. He comes in, you get the music, he's looking at everybody, there's no crowd there. And I, I think the fact that, that they simulated a crowd going, thank you, Taker, or whatever, was kind of trash because you could just have the wrestlers there. Because what better way to get the, the, the second thing, even though there's not the fans, to like revere you and leaving than your colleagues who you wrestled through throughout the years. Or even get the people who are on stage, the pay-per-view, all those 20-plus people to be there and just do the thank yous kind of thing. You did it with, you did it with Ric Flair, right? Granted, there was a live crowd, but I won't mince words. Taker gets his own thing. He comes out. He gives his speech. You know, he has that gruff voice. He gives his own little thing, and he just goes, for 30 years, I've been walking out that a long time. And then he basically just said, and now it's time for The Undertaker to rest in peace. I was like, I felt it, 
and then he does his little pose, and then they did a hologram of Paul Bearer. So Paul, so I felt like Tupac. So Paul Bearer, um, Paul Bearer was his manager for so long and had so many transitional stories that came into it, and they even had Paul's little audio code go, yeah, like literally that's how we would do it. He was just. He was like Dale Dotrieve. Dale Dotrieve, if anybody who's watched King of the Hill, that's what he sounds like to me. <laughs> Went to the dark side. I'm going to tell you right now, I thought the hologram was cheesy. My my friend's like, no, man, I'm feeling I'm like, no, it's kind of stupid. But apparently I was the only one. That was just me. Um, but, like, I, I can get the sentimental touch to it because it was nicely done. I think it just would have been better if they had the urn already there. And then you hear Paul's voice because holograms are so weird. Because just how weird it was when Tupac was hologrammed out, and you know even Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, CGI'd completely in Rogue One. It we just know it's not possible because Paul died like eight years ago. Um, but then he 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 basically says thank yous and he's left and that was it. There was no big long speech. It was the final farewell. It could have been done better. It could be done worse. But does it really matter? I don't think you can grade it. It's just the sentimentality that he had his chance to go there because I felt like with the cinematic match, if they wanted to expand that more, he could have been back. However, I would venture that there's an idea or a presumption that in the state of Florida, we don't care about crowd attendance. I'm not getting political here. I'm just being honest by a certain governor. So Vince is going to take that opportunity to bring whatever crowds he can get. So if you're not going to get cinematic experience, Vince is, if it's not going to be a crowd at all, Vince would do more cinematics. But it seems like he's going to get that money from people attending pay-per-views at least. So there's no point to it. So he goes, he leaves, he, he raises fists, and it's out, and it's done. And I look at it reflectively speaking. And I know this is a long cage, but it's a special cage, right? It's our primetime cage. You know, pri- you know, Monday night football, when the season starts, you watch the 8 o'clock game because you're dead tired at the 11 o'clock game, right? Chargers, why, do you, why are you on the West Coast? Go move. Why, go, get the hell out of here. Go to Connecticut. Um, you ask yourself, is it 25-2 and two at Mania? Okay, I can't do math. But you ask yourself, <laughs> what does that person have as importance? And the thing about wrestlers is that some wrestlers you like and they're gone. Some wrestlers just get too injured. Some wrestlers get released. Sometimes they go to the indies and they just do terrible. I'm 31 years old. I started watching wrestling right when I turned eight. So you have this consistency. And what does Taker mean to me? He took a de- basically a necromancer gimmick and made it work for 20-plus years. Mind you, the last great match I think he had was with Triple H in the Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. God, I can't think of it, but I think it's 28. Don't quote me on that. But that was four like back-to-back amazing matches. Sean and him, Sean and him retiring match, streak versus retirement, then H and him, and then H and him in the Hell in a Cell. That was really it. And then I love the cinematic match because it speaks to me. But the guy came in looking like a necromancer with a bad tie, evolved to become the Undertaker that I knew, at like 1998, which he looks more, you know, gothic. Then he became like the Ministry of Darkness taker when he was really just a full heel. Then he came back to the American Badass, which some people love, some people hate. I was amused by it. Changed his everything because his theme song, rode him for motorcycle. No more tombstones. He did the last ride. Why concussions? That was scary. Came back after he was murdered by Vince McMahon, basically, as old school taker, which was kind of like maybe the best taker because that's where taker got more titles. He didn't need a championship to define him. People like John Cena, John Cena, I think, wouldn't mean much if he didn't have 16 world championships to his name. And I think that says something, right? Because Cena was never the most, you know, best technical wrestler. He was a power buff. He's in Hollywood now doing stuff. And John Cena, this is no offense to you, man. I I like you later in life than I like you in the beginning of the career. You and Taker also had a WrestleMania match. But it just kind of says something that 
strip away all those Cena titles that he tied with Ric Flair for most recognized. You gave him like three title runs. They might be like, who? Right? This man didn't need a title. He did a mistake. You you know he would put guys over. He, he put over Edge. He put over Batista. And he still won. The WrestleMania streak was foundational. He won the Royal Rumble. He's main event in Mania numerous times. Some matches were good. Some matches were bad. Not even Roman Reigns because everybody's like, that was a terrible match. Go watch him in Giant Gonzalez. When I was ironing my shirts on Sunday in preparation of Survivor Series, I was watching the Best of Taker matches. I remember the Boiler Room match versus him and Mankind. He made Mankind famous. He threw him off the damn hell of a cell at the King of the Ring, and I, you remember uh, JR said, my God, Mrs. Foley, baby's boy has been broken in half. I'm like, okay, calm down there, but guy. Kind of scare me. He was in the first Hell in the Cell match with Shawn Michaels, which was fantastic. I was watching that too. About 10 minutes too long for my taste, but he was a lot of first, and he kept that evolution, and he kept invested. And then he came back, and of course, AJ Styles, who you guys know I love, was able to give me one more proper send-off. And his whole basis of doing it is saying, my body can't do this. I w- if, I, if we had regenerative surgery, if I was literally Wolverine, and my body could heal, so 100%, I think he's the guy who would do it for 30 more years, right? And I just want to say, whatever it's worth, and it means nothing, but, you know, as somebody who has started that journey, going to the end, I'm glad you know when to walk away. I think you did it right. But I want and everybody's saying, thank you, Taker, but I would just say you're appreciated. Because now you could just go be you, and I don't ever want to see you on the WWE screen again because I, I want you to put in that mysticism because I thought you were done with Roman. But, you know, thank you for that enjoyment, for that fun, that times. And I remember just being that kid saying, because, of course, you get all those new faces. The Undertaker, you got to get all the new toys. Will I buy a pop because you saw them? Of course not. Will I buy a Taker shirt? They don't have any good Taker shirts of you, man. But you know what, man? I will always go back to remembering being 10 years old with my boys and doing the little eye rolls that he does, sticking out the tongue, doing the, uh, the uh, cutthroat thing that he does. Not the, not the Chris Benoit one. I, I don't work for WWE, so I can say that name. Ha, 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 ha. But when he's saying you're about to get tombstoned, you know, everybody has tried to choke slam their buddies. You indentured certain things that I brought to a persona as a child. Now, I wouldn't do it here at 31, working where I work. I'd be like, he's going to rest in peace. But it, it's a weird how you remember those things, and that was the most excitement. When you got into wrestling and you stole a taunt to do something, especially when you're playing with your friends on the basketball court at PE, everybody loved wrestling that time because I either did that or I did the suck it side from DX, baby. Like, you're like, there you go. So, you know, it's much appreciated, man. Of course, he's also in Suburban Commando. Um, if you guys want to watch a very bad movie, I believe it has Hulk Hogan in there. Uh, oh, so boy. that's what I got for you, man. It's a final farewell. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a, my applause for a, a great career. Uh, yeah, I say no more. And this officially means the end of the tombstone, isn't that right? Probably. You know, because remember, they have a lot of CTE issues, so they're trying to protect anything that has a neck. The only person, or that could be affected with the brain and the neck, the only person I think that may be able to do it is Kane. But Kane's more known for the choke slam than anything. So I think it fully puts it to rest. So rest in peace, Tombstone Prowl Driver, in the WWE. Anywhere else program-wise, it's on Kazuka Okada, um, does it as a spinning tomb. So it's really cool. I think that should be his finisher instead of Rainmaker, but whatever. But yeah, so the WWE purposes. And that's the thing, too, guys. To retire a move, not because it's just a highly lethal... Because it is. If you miss it wrong, imagine that impact. But that, that's what you're synonymous with, right? And I'm so glad that he got that cinematic match because, think about it, folks, 
if it wasn't that match that he got, his last few matches was him and Goldberg in the Saudi show where Goldberg had a concussion and basically dropped Taker on his neck. Damn it, Goldberg. And then also that bad tag team match between him and Kane, the Bros of Destruction, versus the old-school DX of Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So it all works in well. I applaud you two. I don't think there's anything else he ever needed. Rumble winner, Mania, main eventer, Mania numerous times with title, without title. They definitely did not need King of the Ring. Did many first matches. Was known for the casket matches, Inferno matches. I mean, it, it's, it's just been a fun ride. Okay. Is that all for the cage? Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to sour anything with <laughs> crap trash-talking other programs or even trash-talking mm. Hialeah Vince McMahon. But <laughs> you, you got to bring that up. You have to just like type in Vince McMahon because I want your opinions on it. We all lived in Miami. Girls, boys, when you get your eyebrows done, Hialeah, there's just an extra arch. You know, let, let's end it with humor instead of sadness because that's what I'm all about. Scathing, witty humor is my cup <laughs> okay, of tea. You, can, you type it in Vince McMahon eyebrows and it pops up. I'm going to have Listen. nightmares about Vince McMahon's eyebrows and makeup. Drop the eyebrow routine. Okay, there, hold on. Let me see if there's photos that are, uh, let's see. Rocking the people's eyebrow on Camp WWE. No, that's something else. Uh, I can't. Unless he's uh, trying to wash it away from Twitter and just... I mean, all I'll oh, say what? is this. Don't, what don't... the hell is that? <laughs> oh, there you go. I, you see it. Yeah. Yeah. If you it's spray like him, if you put holy water on his face, I bet his skin stays but the eyebrows fall off. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, Vince McMahon, though, excellent tie game. As the most proper full Windsor I've ever seen, he's always mm. colorful. So, Vince, I'll give you that. But them eyebrows... My, he, yeah, Joker does look... I mean, he's basically the Joker, you know, in that sense. <laughs> Vince, just retire, dude. Just retire, please. Okay. For the sake of the children. <laughs> All right, boys. Oh, good job, Charles. Nice Andrew, Andrew, your thought on those eyebrows? This is what matters. More time. Uh, hold on. Let me, let's <laughs> zoom it in here so we can give everyone nightmares. Oh, yeah. Dear Lord. Oh God! <laughs> he, he looks like he looks like a Vulcan. <laughs> like Vince, seriously, Vince pull up a picture of a Vulcan. They have the same like <laughs> I know, same eyebrows. They don't curve. They go straight. Oh yes. Oh my God! I, oh, I, I just man. I need to give him like a Vulcan neck pinch to make him go to sleep. Oh. Oh, right. <laughs> he a... agrees. He understands. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's go to another one of our segments here. I gotta get these out of the way now because I think for, <laughs> for most of our show we're gonna talk about football, I, I believe. So I want to get these smaller stuff out of the way. I had them saved up last week. I had a whole thing because Brendan was on the show, and you know, it was it was gonna be a whole thematic thing, but. Uh, I had to throw that out. I'll do the theme later on. You'll, you'll see what I mean. But I'm going to do Uncultured Swine right now. Oh, always a good choice. Okay, Uncultured Swine, where we learn about uh, different 
international teams outside of the USA and and we, we try to become cultured and learn about different teams and different sports and and whatnot and, and so today I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it to the CFL so we're not gonna go too far away but next week I have something pretty cool in mind because they just came out with a badass thing uh, for their their league I, I'm saving it for now okay I wasn't prepared for it because it's just something that happened and I'm like oh my god I got to put this on the show next time uh uncultured swine today it is the toronto argonauts or mm. the argos as they are also called so the toronto... i'm glad you picked them because they just uh unveiled a new logo well it's not just an it's not a new logo well it's it's a new old logo exactly and that's the reason i chose them they went back to this beloved boat logo and i'm like yeah why did they ever switch from that it, it is the perfect uh encompassing of what the team is about the argonauts oh it's a fo- canadian football team about boats and stuff and it looks like a boat and it just looks great i don't i don't understand why they went they changed from that to whatever they, they went back to it so they 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 made up for their mistakes i'm sure a ton of people have been calling for it in toronto and so now it is finally there uh and so yeah so uh destiny 2 and sniper elite 4 are sponsoring us again today so uh that's happening as well it, anyways it goes up as black friday games sniper Elite four and destiny 2 yeah. they're oh. probably like 10 bucks why did you tell me about the switch sale man that, that's, that's oh my god weird. like oh oh dude if if you, you are a gamer on a budget right now bruh you are in heaven because there are so many deals no matter what platform that you're looking for uh well i say for the xbox series x and ps5 you can find one of those but aside from those two you are you're gonna get a lot of good games all right you drop down 50 bucks and you'll get like a ton of games now really it is ridiculous frightening it's and you know the thing is it's just good old parts because you know if you're a console user you don't get like the necessity of like what steam would be available to the pc guys where you get get two bucks so like the e-shop i've always wanted to play jedi outcast too it's like oh hey it's five bucks like oh shit man (laughs) yeah yeah now so uh, Toronto Argonauts established 1873. That's how far back they go in their history. They play in the Canadian Football League. They are the most successful team in league history with 17 championships, also known as the Grey Cup. Their last coming in 2017. And uh, yeah, Andrew, once again, this is one of my one of my notes here. They changed their logo to the boat logo. Which is a great logo. I like it. I like their colors too. A very uh, subdued blues um, matches the name of the team. Some more history here. Notable former NFL players, Joe Theismann. They picked up Joe Theismann, I think, uh, before he went to the NFL. And Ricky Williams. So, once again, Ricky Williams popping up on our stream here. As in... Stay off the damn weed. Yep. Smoke weed every day, Ricky Williams. Smoke weed every day. Mm hmm. Do you think that Ricky would have just been, like, if he was in today's league, he'd just be a monster now that he's not going to get suspended for just enjoying the recreational use? Something Uh, says yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, maybe a decade too early. Decade too early. Uh, All right. Uh, The Argonauts back. From 1959 to 61, they played three games against NFL teams. They lost all three of them, though. 
They are currently owned by Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, just just this giant conglomerate that owns pretty much every team in Toronto in some way, shape, or form. They own the Toronto Raptors, including their G League team, Raptors 905. They own the Toronto Maple Leafs, including their American Hockey League team, the Toronto Marlies. They own Toronto FC, the MLS team, along with their, I think, U.S. League team, the, the Toronto FC 2. And yeah, BU, actually, they own 37.5% of Rogers Communication, who also happens to own the Toronto Blue Jays. So in some way, shape, or form, they do have a connection, or maybe even a bit of a stake, in some way, shape, or form, to the Toronto Blue Jays. They play at BMO Field which is in the city of Toronto, which opened in 2007, has a capacity of 25000 for football. A uh, bit of trivia here. They hosted the NHL Centennial Classic back in 2017 between the Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings. They also are the home of Toronto FC, uh, the Canadian national soccer team, and it is built on top of Exhibition Stadium, which was the old home of both the Argonauts and the Toronto Blue Jays and is the fifth stadium built on the same location. So it is where uh, people in Toronto come to spawn with regards to their sports, if you will. <laughs> kind of like year. the kind of like that uh, library that you went to. Yeah. Yeah. Every every so every few years, they'll build a new stadium on top of that location. So, yeah, that's the Toronto Argonauts. So we're. Uh, uh, <laughs> Prior Kermit the Frog, what the hell? <laughs> he does. Look at the logo. Look at it and really tell me that I'm I'm lying. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now I'm gonna go to the theme that I was gonna go with with when Brendan was on the show, but we just didn't have time. Um so let's let's go with uh let's haul y'all. As uh, you said, the Taker wasn't a Hall of Famer just yet, but it'll be there soon. Maybe we'll go back to him someday. But let's haul y'all, which is uh, where we look at Hall of Famers from all types of sports. And, and today I have Cheryl. Actually, is it? No, it's Reggie Miller. Sorry. It is Reggie Miller. You see, there's the, there's the Pacers connection that I had. All right, Reggie Miller. NBA Class 2012 Hall of Fame shooting guard, drafted in 1987, first round, 11th overall, played his entire career with the Indiana Pacers from 1987 through 2005. He made only five all-star teams, which I find surprising. I find incredibly surprising. Well, I mean, yeah, look at that talent at guard, man. Ah, that's true. I mean, sheesh. Uh, 90s NBA that's that's very hard to break through and then by the end of his career yeah but only I five mean, so times so many so many you know if, if memory serves me right there was there was perennial all-stars in almost every team in that Eastern Conference or whatever yeah. the equivalent was like not just Mike because you have your reserves but mm-hmm. mm, yeah the, the Eastern Con- man 90s NBA Eastern Conference dear lord man and it is a it, it's a it's a wonder the Bulls made it out of that conference every year um three-time all nba first pacer to ever start an all-star game back in 1995 currently nba on tnt analyst won gold medal in 1996 in the olympics uh but of course 
Never won a championship. Of course, his number 31 is retired by the Pacers. So there you go. That was Reggie Miller. And then I was going to connect it to You Go Girl. And I was going to go with Cheryl Miller, his sister. Mm. So Cheryl Miller, his sister, who is also a Let's Haul Y'all candidate because she's also in the Naismith Basketball Um, Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, So she uh, went to USC, was a small forward from 1982 to 1986. Uh, She made the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame class of 1995. Then in 1999, she was part of the inaugural class of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in Knoxville, Tennessee, which makes a lot of sense given the history of Tennessee Volunteers' women's basketball program. Two-time NCAA champion, 1983 and 1984. Uh, From 1997 through 2000, she was the head coach of the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury. Her number 31 is retired by University of Southern California and she's had um, various coaching uh, in the NCAA and broadcasting gigs uh, since uh, lately so that was Cheryl Miller and then guys I was connecting it to a player remember to forget this is the bastard Miller the, the, the secret one that no one heard about. Yes, it is, Charles. Hide you in the dungeon. It is shame. very much. The one who has to sit in the closet for Thanksgiving. Meal. It is Daryl Miller. Well, obviously he lost on the name game. So, Daryl Miller. Uh, he was a former catcher, Major League Baseball. Went to Cal State Polytech. Drafted in 1979, ninth overall by the California Angels the only team he played for from 1984 through 1988 played 224 games hit 241 with eight home runs and 35 RBI and he is currently the director of Major League Baseball's Urban Youth Academy in Compton California hey there you go that's actually more contributive than Reggie just being a bad broadcaster because <laughs> i gotta tell you love him in college basketball actually love him kind of trash on the nba talk yeah maybe they should switch him out but uh that college part doesn't give him the big bucks for sure no, true yeah especially when he's he's on tnt so it's uh all right so there you go that was the whole theme guys it was a whole miller family theme so we got to pick at reggie for a second he got to the finals in 99, right? If memory serves me correctly. No, 2000. 2000. 2000. So that was the, the part of the Lakers dynasty. Yep. I'm going to say it right now. You get no sympathy from me as a player in any sport when at least you have your shot. Because you can't go like the woe is me Pacers. Not that they were, but remember, Indiana, as Brandon uh, said last week, and mind you, you can always go onto our, what is it, our Spotify has all our episodes, folks. So if you want to oh, hear yeah, that's our new, great that's honorary. Announcement. We, yeah. uh, uh, whenever we, there's like diff, nine different uh, podcast platforms, you probably have one that we're on. And every episode officially now is available, including about four bonus episodes. Uh, especially that one where me and Charles are just talking about cereal for about an hour. Um, Might be my favorite one. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. And then the other one where me and Andrew are just sitting there talking about baseball stadiums for 
uh, three hours, which is also a fun listen if you want to go yeah. back and, and hear that. Maybe I'll listen to the shows I wasn't privy to when I first started. That's that's the gift yeah. of the holidays that we give to you. It's so it's proof that we more. actually are improving our 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 craft. I guess you could say this. Is this a craft? I don't even know if you can call this a craft. Not even sure. I mean, you know, we're just naturally gifted boys. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know. Oh. Uh, where, um, but, where were we? Where were we talking about? I forgot. Oh, but yeah, Reggie doesn't get my sympathy. Oh, I, same way that Chuck doesn't get my sympathy. They and have that's the a conversation. Yeah, that's a conversation. I think, you, all right, so the whole, okay, you didn't win a ring, ring thing. I don't think that invalidates anybody. I think I'm, on, I'm along the line with you. If you play for at least one championship, at least play for it, get to the championship game slash series, you you've done enough you know other circumstances could, could have gotten in your way you know, your own team basically like dan marino got his one shot it was early mm-hmm. in his career but he got his one you know uh, charles barkley got his one uh reggie got his one um uh, well i guess in the nhl henrik lundquist got one chance at the cup i mean he lost but he got one chance i mean so and and to that, you are only accountable to the production that you provide in the playoffs, right? Yeah. You know, Barry Bonds got his one chance, and he exactly. played like a monster in 2002. Well, there was reasons. <laughs> balanced breakfast, yes, but sure. Yeah, you know, a balanced breakfast of uh, you know chocolate or cocoa pebbles because yeah. Barry. The one that Robinson Cano loves to feast on. Ah. <sighs> I, mm. I missed Robbie. I missed Robbie. Oh, you, should, should we move on to uh, Gottlieb's Goons? Because yes, that's where please. I was headed for that one. Please. I'm yeah. definitely on that. All right. Gottlieb's Goons, where we call out people. And swear. It's, it's, it's Thanksgiving week, but people can still be goons around this time of year, gentlemen. And we're petty. So oh, don't yeah. think that, you know, I'm going to be mean on Christmas. I'll be mean on Easter. <laughs> I'll be mean on Thanksgiving because you earned it. Exactly. That- exactly. So. My, I've got several here, but I wanted to boo Robinson Cano. All right. Uh, How, co- All right. The first time, I can let that one slide. But come on, dude. The second time, a year-long suspension, $24 million Forfeited. down the drain. And the New York Mets are probably the happiest of anybody that they don't have to pay that salary this coming season in 2021 but come on Robbie Cano because I you know I've taken a look at Robinson Cano's history Hall his, of his, fame. his his uh his his stats I mean he's on pace or at least he was uh, he's he was on pace to hit 3,000 he's a, he's at 26 24. I mean, that's already one year out. He's 38 years old. He doesn't have much time left. I don't know if he's going to get there now. And let's see. What did he hit in 2020? Played 49 games. Hit, he, he had a 316 batting average. That's not bad. That's not bad at all for, for an old man. All right? That's, that's not bad. But come on, dude. Seriously. You're right there. You're right at the end. I get the PEDs are trying to keep you... Uh, from looking like Vince McMahon. I get that. I know you're trying as hard as you can to battle Father Time, but you just got to hang on, man. Look at Albert Pujols. He is hanging on by a thread. All right? 
you just gotta you gotta embrace the old man status just just hang in there dude you're almost there but now i don't know we'll see what happens with the hall of fame balloting this year there are some guys that i know i feel like kurt Schilling's gonna get in this is last year on it i feel like that the the baseball writers that hated him are gonna just be like all right you're in dude all right you, we don't find anything other than you being a douche nobody there's nothing really that we can hold against you but maybe maybe barry bonds maybe roger clemens to really stick it to kurt schilling <laughs> hey you got in with the cheaters uh, that's that might be a thing that be, they'd be trying to do so that might give robbie cano some hope if that does happen in the future but you're right there dude all right you could have been like destiny too you could have been but you didn't you could have commanded stasis and take down the dark empire and you could have gotten the no time to explain exotic pulse rifle plus other bonuses with the deluxe edition but you didn't you're dominican you and you took steroids upgrade. and we all know that's what they do so oh. <laughs> i i want to ask you on this and i'll definitely i'm gonna ask andrew this because he's really more the baseball purist because me being a yankee fan i've had the corrupt on my team i like a little taste <laughs> of the evil what can i say do we give a 37, 38 year old uh, player a pass on the PED versus the young upstarts who are like 26, 27, 30 that really, really put, does that put a bigger stain depending on the age when they use the PEDs? I think that's the question. My answer is no. I think I, I begrudge or initially I was all against uh, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this a few times. I, I've certainly mentioned it to Francisco that I used to be all against letting any confirmed juicers in or anyone suspected. But as I've gotten older, maybe going through law school and learning about ex post facto laws, I realized it's really not fair to punish someone who did it when it was legal or even if it was frowned upon, it wasn't illegal. Um, that being said, anyone since, I don't know, 2007 or 2009, whenever they instituted, made PEDs illegal, I treat every one of them the same. I think I would be okay with someone like Ryan Braun getting in because he did it once, but I would black Braun did it twice. He did it twice. I think. Uh, I'll Ryan. check on that to verify. Oh, there, there are two Ryan Brauns. Didn't know that, but okay. That's uh, that's a player I remember. Forget for the future. Hey, Ryan Braun, the other one. <clears throat> um, you know, you know, if I was a voter, you know. For, let's assume, because I don't want to throw my train of thought off track, but nah. let's assume for now that Ryan Braun only did it once. Just bear with me, and Charles can look up and see if he's done it twice. But for someone who did it once, you know, I would... I'd wait a few years before voting him in. You know, I would make them sweat and suffer as long as possible... And then, like, in the last few years, depending on how well they did, when, after they were suspended, you know, like, if they completely went in the tank, then I'd say, yeah, it totally affected him. But if 
they keep up pretty decent numbers or even get better, and they've continued testing negative since then, no then I'd let them in. <laughs> but once you do it twice, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. If you do it twice, I consider that you're not going into the Hall of Fame. You can play out the rest of your career if you want, um, make your money, but you're not getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, if you're stupid enough to do it the third time, you're banished completely from baseball. Um, so I don't know. that Two positive tests is kind of my limit. Um, and, you know, the crazy thing is he didn't even come out with a statement this time. He just let it happen. <laughs> uh, it's like... At least the first time he apologized or tried to explain it, which doesn't help, but at least you're showing possibly some remorse. But here it's just like, yeah, I know I got caught. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like uh, a guy is standing at a crime scene with blood on his hands, and he says, yeah, I did it, instead of trying to explain it away. Um yeah, so for me, uh, I know Robbie had a hell of a career, has a hell of a career. I'm sure he's going to keep playing after the suspension. I think he's giving up, what, $21 million? 24. $24 million for this? Oof. At least um, my mistakes don't cost me almost uh, <laughs> cost me <laughs> seven figures. Just put me in jail, man. You know, eight Dante's figures. I'm, I apologize. Eight figures. So he's got, let's see, yeah, $24 million, 24, yeah, it was due. And he's still got two more, dear Lord, two more years on this contract after that. What I think he's, it goes till age 40, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was that, that gigantic contract the Mariners signed him for. So, yeah, he he's, he's blacklisted to me. Um, you know, I, I appreciate what he did. You know, he was a good player. He did really well with the Yanks. Uh, had a sort of career resurgence with the with the Mariners, but you know he's played. I might have given like a little bit of leeway to like the first couple of years after the after the PED ban was instituted, kind of like a grace period. But it's been probably over ten years at this point. Uh, close to, if not over, 10 years since the ban was instituted. There's no excuse at this point. Um, so Ryan Braun, one time, but he was also linked to the 2011 biogenesis. No, he had a 20, 2011 test, but then that was suspended in 2013, but he also was connected to the 2012 biogenesis um, situation. So it just might give some hint of more problems in there. But I, I would just you know, keep it brief on this because we have a lot of goons mm -hmm. to go on. Um when you're younger, I think it stains your reputation more than a 37-year-old player. Just, you know, that's just a that. And Robbie, here answers the question. is like, well, if they had checked earlier, how long were you taking it for? That's always going to be a thing that tarnishes his legacy, possibly. But he was on some Hall of Fame career numbers going on there. Well, th for my, that's, for my well that's why I feel like he's more of a goon than it was. Because I'm like, you're almost there, dude. You're right there at the end. I get it. I get you're trying to recover. I, I know it's not. I know what PDs are used for, but I'm like, you're right there. Like, 
you know, you you could have had a, you know, just the one ding and that's it, all right? We're not trying to get suspended from YouTube again. At least not willingly trying to get suspended from YouTube. We might, all right? But that's We're not... bound to slip up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, but, but we're not getting paid $24 million and we're not about 3,000 hits or a few hits away from 3,000, you know, but... But, like, come on. I don't care that he's 37. He should know better. Come on, Robbie. All right. All right. Let's, all right. So that's Robinson Cano. That's an alley. Dabble Sweeney. Dabble Sweeney. Dabble Sweeney. What a, what a, what a, what a douche. What a, what a piece of crap. What, what a child. I mean, I know it's my Seminoles. I know we suck. I know we belong in the darkest of darkest holes in the ground. But Dabo, man, you are a grade-A piece of crap. Dumbo. Dumbo, sweetie. All right. Tell him, Francisco. Tell him why. No, Andrew, you tell him why. Well, how, well, how's, how's CFB handling this? Our CFB? Yeah. Uh, it's a shit show. What do you expect? <laughs> Uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a shit show for a lot less. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to try and sum it up as quickly as possible. But Dabo Sweeney, who is the head coach for Clemson, um, Clemson and Florida State were supposed to play this past Saturday. In Tallahassee. But, in Tallahassee, but it was postponed or canceled, I don't know. Um, and for the distinction... Postponed this season, at least, means they're open to the possibility of rescheduling it for later in the season. Um, and cancel just means that there's no chance. It's It, it ain't happening. Um, so I don't know exactly if it was postponed or canceled, but uh, FSU... Uh, well, apparently, F so FSU and Clemson's medical teams came together and said, this can't happen. There, we, we don't believe it's safe. Um, so they decided to just not play the game. Dabo Sweeney said, basically, FSU is, this whole COVID excuse is bullshit. They're ducking us. And this is in spite of the fact that FSU's president, was it Thresher or Thrasher? Thresher. Thresher mm -hmm. said that he and Clemson's, uh, Thresher's FSU's president, that he spoke with Clemson's president and said, we can't play this. Our medical experts are saying we can't play this. And they agreed. So, but... Dabo doesn't buy it, in spite of all evidence suggesting that this was a legitimate postponement due to health uh, due to health concerns. He just thinks that FSU is dodging them, which I, I don't Given get. Given our record, why the hell would we? Do We've already it, it, embarrassed ourselves enough this year. Listen, What's one more? Why would we dodge them? <laughs> the the only team, the only team that would be. I don't want to say justified because ducking sucks, but the only team that would have any sort of a legitimate reason for ducking is someone in the in the in the hunt 
for a playoff spot. So, like, let's say Florida, because they're in the top six, I believe. Um, and if, if enough things play out um, in the next couple of weeks with teams ranked ahead of them, they have a legitimate chance of getting to the playoff. That would be a situation where it would make sense to to postpone or to duck. Florida State sucks this year. They've got nothing to play for. Why duck? It's it makes no sense why they would duck. But he doesn't buy it. Davos Sweeney doesn't buy it. But kudos to Mike Norvell, who is FSU's head coach. He basically uh, he. I guess it's the verbal equivalent of a subtweet, if you will. Basically said, "Dabo, you're an idiot." Um, I forget what the I forget what he said exactly, but he said very few coaches are medical experts. Uh, I trust the medical experts. Wait, and here it and, is. This this is the quote right here. And this I, I'm getting this here from the Orlando Sentinel. <clears throat> Coaches are not doctors, Norvell said. This decision was made by medical advisors, professionals that received the information Friday night from Clemson, and there was concern. The fact that a symptomatic player participated throughout the course of the week and made the trip to Tallahassee raised a lot of concerns. Uh, if other schools elect to practice symptomatic players, they can do that if that's what they choose to do. Norvell added, but when it comes to the well-being of our student athletics, we are going to make sure they are protected, and we have done everything in our power to keep them away from the risk of the most highly transmittable virus that we've seen in my lifetime. We made a decision that was in the best interest of our student athletes and their well-being. I'm not concerned about what any other coach says or thinks. You can go fuck yourself, Dabble Sweeney. I added that at the end. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, go back to the first to the first sentence if you would. Coaches are not doctors. Bingo. So he basically said, like, if coaches like were I not, alluded if to, coaches were doc if the coaches were, uh, if the coaches were doctors, uh, guys were going to be getting their brains bashed in back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, you know, concussions and all that stuff. I'm just saying. Right. Football coaches so, would have guys die out there. So, yeah, it's, it's stupid yeah, what Dabo is doing. You know, this is, I can't say that I'm surprised because this is the guy who, um, I don't want to get too political, but just look up Dabo Sweeney controversies and you'll basically find a Wikipedia article's worth of them, I'm sure. Um, but guys, let's consider something bigger. A lot of Cle Cle more guys on Clemson have COVID or CV than they do have venereal diseases because Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Had the CV. I think Dabo had the CV. You know, they were riddled with it. Mike Norvell had it earlier this year. Exactly. But, so you, you know, don't care. Manny because... Diaz just got in Miami, but you know they're, oh. they're trying to do the best they can. But Clemson doesn't give a shit. No. But the thing is, you're going to sophomore. Ah, oh, you know how players are. You backwards? Is your mother really your aunt? Like what's I mean, this guy's asking. name is Dabo Sweeney? Come on, guys. I mean, that's a great <laughs> Yeah, but exactly. You I know, mean, what, come backwards on. Stuff? Like, if you never knew what this guy looked like, and I just told you, this guy's name is Dabo Sweeney, guys. He, he's a coach in Clemson, South Carolina. He oh. puts ketchup on his spaghetti and calls it marinara sauce. Exactly. There's a Confederate <laughs> statue he's defending right now. Goon. 
Okay. Man, oh wow, we are at the one hour mark. I just did not notice that until now. Ugh, there were so many other good goons. We had Tom Brady for not shaking hands. We had Lou Holtz for just being a piece of crap. Lou Holtz uh, is still alive? We had Kelly Stafford for also being a piece of crap. And, uh, alright, fine. Well, 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 y'all can see that on your own time, alright? Or, or just follow Sports Goose on Twitter to hear yeah. a rage. We'll, yeah. we'll post some thought processes. That's fine. Well, we got to move on. We're, we're going to go to a, a word from our non-sponsors, guys. People, places, things. Concepts, what have you. I, I, I'd like to start this week, if that's okay. Ooh, go ahead. All right. So my sponsor of the week, it's it's kind of a, a dual side. It's a kind of a two-part one because they're both related to the same thing. Um, part one is some dude on Craigslist um, who sold him. me who sold me a bike. Oh, thank God. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, okay. I was wondering, like, do I type this in and show... I mean, I know we just got back on YouTube. I'm just saying, but... Uh, no. No, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Nothing untoward happened. Um, but yeah, anyway... Um, I bought a bike a few years ago from a classmate, and it was starting to fall apart. The, the chains were starting to go, the gears were going, uh, rusted as hell, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I found that the price of fixing it up so it would be about as close to brand new as possible would be significantly more than just buying a new bike. Um, so I was initially going to go through Walmart or something because they have all those bikes there, and what do I know about bikes? I just know it it's a bike. Um, but a friend of mine said, here, I know a bit about bikes. You know, take a look at Craigslist. Uh, I'll, I'll advise you on what are some good or bad bikes. And so I did, and I found the I found the Schwinn bike. Um, guy was down in Kendall, and I was like, "Cool, uh, looks good." The guy investigated, said it was cool, uh, went down, got it. It was a very smooth transaction. Um, I've been. Riding it, I think, for two days now. My thighs are on fire, um, and I forgot to put a, uh, a, a seat cushion on it, so uh, my I feel like I've been sitting on a rock. Um, it, it hurts when I sit, and like I said, my thighs are on fire, so it's hard to walk at times, but by golly, I love it. Um, I have never been more excited to go bike, ride, uh, bike riding. There's actually a trail... Um, behind my place where I didn't realize it actually goes, it extends beyond um, the trail. I thought it just ended at the end of my complex area but it actually goes across the street and it continues down so if I go the whole trail and back so it's, it's, it's not a circuit because it's not around but just go there and back I can get four miles in. Mm. and you know that's been good. I mean, my 
my exercise has this whole time been really shit. This this whole pandemic, um, all this weight loss has just been through food, moder uh, moderating diet, whatever things like that. But I'm starting to hit a a plateau. Um, I said, you know what, it's time to exercise. So I started doing a bit of walking. Francisco's joined me for a couple of those over at uh, Doral Park, um, which is fun. We discuss sports, sports, <laughs> sports, uh, the occasional legal stuff. It's it's, it's uh, off 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 broadcast sports goose. <laughs> exactly, um, and le some legal stuff and more sports. Um, but yeah, this biking has been really nice. I'm considering taking it out to the park at some point, because uh, that's a very nice area, and I can just loop it a few times. Um, but I don't know. But yeah, it's it's. I've enjoyed having the bike, and it's in really good shape. And if I keep it inside where it's not going to get rained on every two seconds. Uh, it should last a while. So, uh, non-sponsor is Guy from Craigslist. And I know his name, but I, I just don't want to say it on air. He's not just some random dude. I know his name. <laughs> um, so, Guy from Craigslist and Schwinn Bicycles, thank you. You're my non-sponsor. Promo code FireThighs. Mm, fire thighs. That is definitely a Craigslist name posting. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go next. So, boys, you, you had to know this was coming, right? Hyrule Warriors Edge of Calamity. You had Ooh. to know. This I, is I was, this is I was it. waiting. You've been going hard on that. I've been going hard. And Charles can see my activity on my Switch, on, on his Switch when he looks at the profile and who's on, who's online. He can see I've been putting. I've already put 15 hours into this game since Friday. He Love can it. see that. I mean, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity just sold 3 million copies, the best in the Dynasty Warriors series of games. I guess it's a collaboration between the Koei Tecmo and Nintendo. And I I can't get enough of this game. I've, I'm having way too much fun. You know, the, 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 the I guess I never played Dynasty Warriors. I know it's like on PS2. Really? I never played it before until, you know, they made a Zelda spinoff of it. I'm like, okay, okay, let me, I guess I'll try this. I love the first one on Wii U. I got all the DLC and everything. And then... They announced this, and they said, oh, we're going to... Because the first one on Wii U is, like, non-canon. It's kind of like an all-star type of uh, game type of thing, crossover. And mm. then this one was like, oh, no, this is going to be the prequel to Breath of the Wild, a game that I put hundreds of hours into already. And I'm like, oh, oh, I must have it. Oh, Nintendo, oh, you spoil me so. And uh, it's great. The storytelling is great. The gameplay is great. It is just dumb fun you just destroy hordes of enemies just it's just, like it's it's one of those games you don't even have to think you it's not you know there's leveling up like an rpg and stuff like that you have to fuse weapons and all that stuff but it's very simplistic it's not that difficult all right for the most part you're just mashing buttons and who doesn't love a good button masher every now and then so hyrule warriors man it is uh, the it's it'll satiate Zelda fans for sure. 
because we're all waiting for the sequel to Breath of the Wild, which may or may not come next year. Who knows? But uh, it's a great way to create a canon entry into the series, but also make a spinoff using the assets and worlds and characters from the last game. And it's a very clever thing to do. I, I, I can't recommend this game enough, man. Seriously. Uh, even if, I mean, sheesh, man, even if you're not, uh, like you can just get into Zelda with this, at least, or at least the Breath of the Wild series of games. It was like, okay, just start with the, this one, have some dumb fun, and then you can get into the advanced stuff with Breath of the Wild. I mean, man, it is, I, I'm playing this tonight. I've been streaming it the last few days. I'm probably, uh, after I, I don't know if I'll be finished editing this show late tonight, but I might even put a few more hours in. Even then, I mean, what the hell do I have to do tomorrow? Jeez, it's almost Thanksgiving. So, um, promo code uh, Calamity. Hmm. You could have done the whole Zelda voice, or the Link voice, go, hey, ah! But, uh... I almost committed the ultimate sin and called Link Zelda, but I'm like, I'm playing Donkey Kong right now, so it's funny (laughs) that you mention it. And I was like, uh... Um, I was looking at it, and my, I enjoyed the first one. I like Dynasty Warriors. It's not something that you can marathon heavily um, for those kind of games. However, if you're talking about um, killing hours of time doing other things like listening to music or audiobooks, which we all know Charles does because when does he have time to actually read, it, it's a good way to eat it up. So, you know, I'm I've, cheap, though. I don't pay 60 bucks. I've been playing this in, like, three-hour sessions every day. Oof, every yeah. day since it came out. Because I usually play in two hours, and I kind of get bored and tired. I'm like, okay, I'm done. But this one, I'm like, three hours, three hours. And I have to convince myself to stop playing because it is 2 a.m. at night, and I need to get to sleep. That's so, like me and Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. I feel you on which that is, one. yeah, yeah, game of the year candidate as well, so. Very weak, you know. Remember, sport dudes were not just sport people; we're also gaming people to a degree. Um, one day, I'll put all my information out there. I know you guys have our stuff for when we stream, like Rocket League, whenever you guys play and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's definitely the, like a very still weak game of the year crop because I felt like it just was the popular things. But yeah. all that being said, I guess I'm up. And guys, I don't really have a particular con- construct of a person. Or an idea, place, or thing, or anything of that nature. I'm going to give you the object of my affection because Thanksgiving season is upon us. And I'm going to do a callback from uh, last year when I told you about my Thanksgiving horror story. And, you know, how I went to my sister's in-laws. This is about the mashed potatoes. Oh, the mashed potatoes. Okay. Not the mashed potatoes. So, that's my non-sponsor in and of itself. But to, to give you a reference to last year... Guys, I can't believe call I back that. <laughs> because it was like, a tragedy. It has something to do with potatoes. I, know I mean, I don't want to be there, but take some of the greatest tragedies in this history. I'm not going to give it examples not to offend anybody. And picture not having mashed potatoes <laughs> at your Thanksgiving dinner. I don't want to be that guy who goes, 9-11, no mashed potatoes? But damn it, somebody has to. Um, yeah, so nobody made the mashed potatoes. I guess there was some hostilities in the household. And, you know, people were comparing dick sizes. And then Charles suffered. And I told the family. I said, hey, hey, don't don't invite me to Thanksgiving dinner. There's no mashed potatoes every single holiday. And, you know, I, I make the running joke that my my sister's uh, in-laws, they're Salvadorian, so, you know, it's really rice festivities, rice and beans. I love me some rice and beans. But Thanksgiving is kind of like the inexcusable, I kind of need this to be here, and I need mashed potatoes because it's all around good. 
mashed potatoes is good for the flavor. It's good for the taste. You put some butter on it. You Shit, man, you can put some barbecue sauce if you want to, man. Spice it up, right? Because on Thanksgiving, I'm hitting up three things. For the most part, boys and girls, I'm getting myself my any kind of sweet variety of pie, cake, you know, cornbread. Oh, I love me some cornbread. I don't know about turkey. We talked about last year, like, what is overrated in turkey is more overrated in ham. But whatever your main entree is is always enjoyable, but I love me my hey, sweet. Hey, Andrew, didn't you throw out that the, the fried turkey that they have at Arby's right now or something? It was yeah. KFC. <laughs> I, I, I was looking at it, but I don't want to rush in on the turkey um, knowing that I'm going to get some turkey, Andrew. But I, I, I was kind of playing being the sacrificial lamb, as always. Um, and, I, you know, you always kind of need that cranberry sauce, and you need mashed potatoes. And you know what, guys? Not having it for that one year basically ruined Thanksgiving for me. And I had, like, an ex-girlfriend's mom died on Thanksgiving, but guess what? There were still mashed potatoes there, but oh not this God. year. So we're talking about tragedies already. <laughs> Thanksgiving sucks sometimes, man. Tragedy sucks sometimes. Why is it on Thanksgiving? Do it on Easter. I don't celebrate Easter. Um, I'm knock on wood. I don't want anything bad to happen. On any holidays, but yeah, mashed potatoes. You, you know what? Well, let's let's calamitize it all together. Mashed potatoes. You're my main non-sponsor. Mm. All Thanksgiving basis foods. Y'all are some of my other non-sponsors too. Turkey mm. pie, cornbread stuffing. Mom's making cornbread stuffing. Yum, cranberry juice. Mm. Don't really. Green beans are okay. Asparagus, not so much. You know, I don't care too much about green bean casserole. I feel like Ron Swanson in my life, where I'm like, this is what you know, my the food that I eat kind of thing. But I understand for healthy digestive system and no hemorrhoid things. I will always have a song if need be. That's more for Christmas because, you know, coquitos all around you know, all this other stuff that kind of comes in. But, um, yeah, mashed potatoes, you are the star non-sponsor and then just for a little love love because if you you know, Canada, you can all agree with me. Mashed potatoes is just, mm, you get the right blend. You, you love it. It's good. And then, of course, Thanksgiving food. So, yeah, all, all things delivered there. And, um, you know, promo code not without my mash. <laughs> all right. Mm. Very, very topical indeed. I love it. We went dark there, boys. I mean, you went dark there. I mean, it was sheesh, man. I, I, you know what? Yeah, have, not having mashed potatoes. Dear Lord. Yeah, my sister always makes it with the cheese on top. Ooh, oh, oh, I can't wait. Oh. Ooh. Uh, wh- where are we going? College football, I guess? College hockey. Uh, oh, 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 whoa. Uh, what, well, geez, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, we, you, you got to talk about it. You puck bunnies have been quiet for a while. That's a term I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit NHL we, as far as their plans are concerned. But uh, we, we've got some college hockey, um, and our resident college hockey expert, BU, is here. Um, okay. And... I'm going to read out what he's written to me, and I am going to, and we can discuss further in the chat. So, the season started a couple of weeks ago. It usually starts a lot earlier, but it was postponed due to you-know-what. And as far as I know, a lot of teams aren't playing, and BU, if I'm making up shit and it's incorrect, just let me know and call me out. Um, But, uh, so he says, I'm quoting, the season to start has been a pretty massive shit show thanks to lots and lots of cancellations. And frankly, most games have either been blowouts or gone into overtime, including several ties. 
Basically, we've had such gems as Penn State getting totaled 6-3 to and 7-3 to the last two days. And then LIU, uh, I believe that's Long Island Long University. Island. Mm -hmm. And then LIU didn't even have so much as it didn't even have so much as a coach when they announced their program in April. Or wait, hold on. Uh, and then LIU winning their first ever D1 game this past Thursday, three to two in overtime over Holy Cross. They didn't have so much as a coach when they announced their program in April. Like it was literally their first game. You also had both UConn teams getting blown away, but then quote-unquote winning in shootouts. Said shootouts don't necessarily count because they were technically non-conference games, but they had to do the shootout anyway because they might become conference games later. Wow. How does that uh, happen? If they're saying no conference for this conference. Uh, I'll let I'll let him answer. Yeah, he's, he's saying LIU assembled their team over the uh, summer. Yeah, and I do remember that announcement. So, and then he he adds, all hockey East teams. Uh, hockey East is college hockey is a little bit different than all the other uh, all the other major sports. Mm -hmm. um, hockey, most conferences don't because there are so few teams that do ice hockey. For the most part the traditional conferences don't exist when it comes to ice hockey. Um, the only one that I can think of is uh, the Big Ten. Um, but Penn you State, have... Uh, State, Minnesota. Right. Mm -hmm. But here, uh, like for example, Notre Dame is an ACC team in all sports except football. But here they're a Big Ten team when it comes to hockey because the ACC doesn't host hockey. Um, so you've got these random teams that are all kind of bunched together in these like one-off conferences that only cover hockey. Um, so all Hockey East teams are playing intra-conference and are playing an official schedule of playing each team two times. To make up for the lack uh, for the lack of non-conference, teams are also playing some additional quote-unquote flex series, which don't count in the conference standings. But these games may become a f conference games after the fact if the official conference series has to be canceled due to COVID or to enable makeup series between teams that haven't played yet. Each, cancel, uh, each conference is handling things differently because go figure. Yeah, that wow, that is confusing. It makes sense that he would call this a shit show. Yeah. We have JDs and we have no idea what the hell that meant. So Oh, and he adds Hockey East, Big Ten, and NCHC teams are playing no non conference games while Atlantic ECAC and WCHA, these are all conferences, mm -hmm. um, are playing limited non conference games. Uh, though most WCH teams are also playing non-conference games against each other. So they're counting it as a non-conference game, but they're just playing each other. They're conference mates. Okay. Yikes. Again, total shit show. And that, yeah. Uh, I haven't even been paying attention to how they were even... I didn't even know this was happening as far as the structure of their season in college hockey. Dear Lord. Look at this. There's an article here. It's insane that college hockey is happening. <laughs> what is that? 
Uh, he adds, the issue is that the conferences want to give the teams games without creating massively unbalanced schedules. Though ECAC in particular has the issue of only four of their 12 teams playing this year. Um, WCHA had Alaska Anchorage drop out, which means they're done permanently because they already announced this, this would be their last season. Atlantic Hockey had RIT uh, drop out, but then drop back in after the teams pushed back. Uh, and then uh, Hockey East is having issues with three Maine. Three of the last five weeks are reserved just for postponements. Oh, Lord. And then uh, he also adds Hockey East is having issues with Maine being unable to host home games because of state policies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How, how much money do you think college hockey brings in? I'm sure it's big in the Northeast, but I'm just curious because they're going through a lot of hard you know, lengthy, weird, arbitrary decisions to get East Nowhere with a lot of cancellations. They have teams in... Doesn't that include Arizona State? And... No, they're independent. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. So they've got... They're really all over the place. So you have University of Alabama Huntsville. Um, Dear Lord. Alaska Anchorage, which they're going sayonara, unfortunately. Uh, Alaska Fairbanks. Um, you've got, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Bemidji State University, which is up in Minnesota. You've got Bowling Green, which is in Ohio. You've got Ferris State, so it's not Minnesota, it's Michigan. Ferris State University, Michigan. Lake Superior State University, also Michigan. Michigan Tech, Michigan. Uh, Minnesota State, uh, Mankato, and Northern Michigan they're all over the freaking place. <laughs> They've got the Midwest covered. You've got um, for, you got a team in Alaska. That that, and then you've that got in and of itself is you know, and then a team all the way in Alabama. Right. Um, so states that have just men's are Alaska, Michigan, Alabama. Just women's is Wisconsin, and then. Minnesota and Ohio have both. Uh, but nonetheless, you've got that tight grouping up in the in the Midwest, Rust Belt, what have you. And then you've got Alaska and Alabama. <laughs> uh, let's see, he gave me more. Uh, BU, North Dakota, BC, Minnesota, Duluth, Michigan, Denver in particular, bring in very large revenues for hockey. ASU is independent, but semi-affiliating with the Big Ten to get games this season where they're playing the team that would otherwise be on by. The spread of teams is why the WCHA teams in Ohio, Michigan, and Minnesota broke away to form the CCHA, which starts play next season. So Huntsville, being in northern Alabama, means they're not that far from the Ohio schools or Ferris State. Freddie is just tuning in. It's a lovely night for a Guinness. Truth. Brilliant. If anyone doesn't, if if anyone knows what that is, uh, you're the real MVP because that's a that's an old reference. Uh, the issue, my alcoholic self saying I need one. <laughs> uh, the issue is the other Ohio schools are not in the WCHA and the and the UP schools, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. In particular, are a arrogant and b more importantly wary of travel to Alabama on their small budgets. 
So this is making a shit show of smattering of teens all over the place a real shit show. It's adding a shit show on top of a shit show. <laughs> We're talking foobar shit right here. Well, I did not know that this it was this bad right now. Dear Lord. Well, that's that's why I brought that's why I brought BU in. He has the he has his finger on the pulse. Um, I, I was going to talk about the NHL and how they also have issues right now with twenty twenty one NHL season. So why not? Let's let's go with hockey. Let's keep going here, right? All so, right, and but give me enough time because uh, a lot of college football to talk about. Oh no! I mean, this is, these are our last two episodes. We're we're gonna take our time with these. Don't worry. Okay. We, if we go to two hour, two two and a half hours, why not? Um, right. So, uh, NHL twenty twenty one plans. As far as I have read so far, the NHL had initially eyed January first as the startup day. It's always been now since they've had the Winter Classic has been a significant day for hockey. But of course, we're not going to have a Winter Classic. That's been um, that's been canceled for Minnesota, and will be pushed off probably till 2022. Uh, but the Varus continues to create a snag in everyone's plans here. The Varus. The Varus. The Varus. Yeah. Uh, Dabo says it. It's like uh, it's like uh, coral in Walking Dead. <laughs> coral, Varus. So, so um, Canada, especially, has been kind of the the thing that has forced the hand of the NHL right now because they are being a lot more strict and restrictive compared to places here in the United States, and. Uh, which has forced both now the Toronto Blue Jays to play their entire season in Buffalo and is forcing the Toronto Raptors to play their coming season in Tampa with sharing the Tampa Bay Lightning's arena. So that would be kind of weird, having the Raptors, Magic, and Heat in the same state. But sure, why not? It's 2020. Let's, let's just have everything happen. Sure. But yeah, Canada has been more strict than... This and, and and the issue with the NHL is that they have the most Canadian teams out of all the major pro sports here. They have seven, and seven teams means that there's going to be travel issues because Canada doesn't want any of us dirty Americans coming up there. So um, there's been talks of having an all Canadian division, so all the Canadian teams would just play each other for a season which sure i guess if you you know maybe some desperate attempt to get the cup back up there i guess but don't see how they're going to do it logistically with regards to that i mean they could have the teams playing out solely in their division like the uh, major league baseball did and just create a canadian division of seven teams another division out west of like seven teams and then two eight team divisions and just have them play each other and then once the playoff starts, put him back in the bubble in uh, in Toronto and in Edmonton. That could happen again. That could be a plan. But right now it still doesn't. I don't think we're going to hit that January 1st date. Because even the provinces themselves in Canada are like the states here in the United States. Where some of them have been more strict than others with uh, their restrictions. 
So that's going to create an issue there because, oh, you know, maybe uh, uh, Ontario doesn't want those damn dirty Albertan teams from Edmonton and Calgary coming in, you know? Um, and another thing is money. It's always going to be money, right? So the CBA was extended by the owners and the players this some earlier this year before uh, they went back to play in, in the bubble. And the owners wanted players to defer their salaries, and they did. They will get the players will get paid their money that they're owed, but uh, it'll be some time later. Now the owners want the players to defer even more money, and the players' association in the NHL is probably going to say no to that out of principle because they, you know, any sign of weakness could, of course create some sort of uh, precedent for any future negotiations with regards to the CBA. They already signed a deal. They made the deal. We're not budging. This is what you guys, this is what you guys agreed upon for us too. And the expiration date on the extension isn't over yet. So uh, we've already deferred all the money that you guys asked for and that's it. So that's that's the issue with the NHL right now. So it's 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 the virus and the CBA, and I don't think we're gonna hit that January first cutoff. I really don't. I don't see it happening because uh, um, we don't know who's gonna be able to play, what's gonna be able to happen. I mean, the most extreme thing would be if the NHL was like, you know what? Fine, seven Canadian teams. You guys would just play in America, just like the other teams have moved out of Canada. So then you'd have to find seven other cities to take them in, which would be an interesting thing to think about. It's a nice thought experiment. Which seven cities could possibly uh, host these NHL teams? And then, of course, then you'll have the Canadian people be like, oh, this is just another way for Batman to try and take away our teams and test the markets, you know, put the Oilers in Houston and see what happens. I, I don't know. <laughs> that could be a, a, a thing that they would be accused of. But it could be funny. Hey, let's put a team in Atlanta. They don't have a hockey team. Let's see if that works out again. Put the Flames there. That would be fun to see. <laughs> or the Jets. Move the Winnipeg Jets there. Uh, <laughs> that would be fun to see, too. But so yeah. I have a proposal how to fix that. Hartford probably. Hey, Hartford. Hey, they uh, they do. Yeah, the Hartford Civic Center is still being used. So the way you could semi bring back the Whalers in a way. You could have the you could have the Montreal Canadiens playing there because they'd be close to the Boston Bruins and uh, that. Yeah, that could work too. So I have a solution to that problem, Francisco. What? So, and it's wrestling related. But back in a few Summer Slams ago, you had the <laughs> Intercontinental title, and then you had the other Intercontinental title, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. They battled out a ladder match. What you do here, to, and most recently with Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, and AJ Styles, what you do here, you have the Canadian Stanley Cup champion, you have the U.S. Stanley Cup champion, <laughs> and then you make the North American Stanley Cup finals. And the bubble, you do the best of seven. Screw East-West conferences. You're doing the same thing anyway. Wait, hold on, Charles. Now, wait just a second here. What you are suggesting actually did happen once upon a time in the Look. NHL's history. Look at this. Now uh, we also get to learn a goof? Yes. Look how this segue. Oh, my God. A long, long time ago, back uh, 
pre-original six era, the NHL was having their initial expansion and they expanded into the United States. And so they created two divisions, the American division and the Canadian division. And there you go. And that's how they played the Stanley Cup for a time. Look at that. Mm-hmm. It all came that. together. Look at that, huh? Wasn't that beautiful, folks? Oh, man. All right. So that's all I got for the NHL right now. It's it's a toss-up at this point, but I, we're not hitting that January 1st. I don't see it happening. That's just me. Uh, let's see. We're trying to look at our time here, management. Um, I want to do college football. Then you shall have your college football, Andrew. Excellent, because we have a lot to discuss. <laughs> okay. So, college football. College. All right, so let me let me start with a quick rundown of the rankings because, I mean, well, let me just go with the most important rankings. Uh, well, let me start with the ones that ultimately matter in terms of college football seeding and bowl seeding. Uh College football playoff released its first rankings of the season after a bit of a delay. Here we go. Uh, from top to bottom, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, o- Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, Northwestern, Georgia, Miami, Florida, Oklahoma, Indiana, Indiana uh, Iowa State, BYU, Oregon, Wisconsin, Texas, USC, U- uh, North Carolina, Coastal Carolina, Marshall, Auburn, Oklahoma State, Iowa, and... Tulsa, which is awesome. Um, Got to represent my Golden Hurricane uh, hometown folks. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, I sent over uh, Freddie's uh, uh, rankings if you want to put those up on screen, but I can just read them off. Uh, for him, it's, it's pretty a lot of the same teams in there for him Alabama Ohio State Notre Dame Clemson Florida Cincinnati Northwestern Texas A&M Georgia Oregon BYU Miami Florida Indiana Oklahoma USC Marshall Oklahoma State Iowa State Auburn Wisconsin Texas Coast Carolina Iowa Tulsa and Boise State so very interesting Um, this crazy season has been good for one thing, which is it's finally giving some recognition to a group of five teams. Um, You know, Cincinnati is doing well. Uh, I hate to say it, but I don't think they're going to get to the playoff because UCF's been in this position before. Ranked seventh. Um, They're behind a 6-1 Florida and a 5-1 Texas A&M. Uh, I don't know. I just and a and a four and zero Ohio State. It's just I and for those teams, um, I don't see any losses coming for them. Um, you know, Texas A&M's got uh, LSU coming up this weekend. Um, Auburn on the fifth, Tennessee on the twelfth. A lot of those are going to be really cakewalks for them. Uh, Ohio State's got Michigan State and Michigan. Those are going to be easy wins. Um, I hate to say it. I, I want 
a group of five team to get in. This would be the year to do it because of all the craziness, but I mm. just don't see it happening. Um, and then Florida's got uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU. They have Kentucky and Tennessee's number for as long as I've been alive. Um, well, no, that's not Tennessee's number. Come on now. What's that? Everybody has Tennessee's number. Come on now. That's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Tennessee used to have uh, Florida's number back in the 80s and 90s. So while I've been alive, but not recently. Um, so anyway, you know, I, I, I've been there, Cincinnati. You know, welcome to the club. We've got refreshments. Uh, but sadly, you know, that's the way it is. Uh, I'll do a quick recap. Well, first off, ladies and gentlemen, it is the favorite week of the year in college football, Rivalry Week. Mm-hmm. This is the week of the year where most of the big rivalries are played. Um, this year, you've got a few cancellations, which is unfortunate because a lot of really awesome games are, are going to be missing. Cancellations, we've got Southern Miss at UAB. Uh, San Diego State at Fresno State, which is the oil can, dates back to 1923. Uh, the Apple Cup, Washington at Washington State, uh, dates back to 1900, played continuously since 1945. So this is the first time this series has been postponed or canceled since World War II. Um, this one hurts, e or Tulsa at Houston, rivalry since 1950. It's hard to consider that a rivalry, but that's what Wikipedia said, so I'm going to go with it. Uh, not a rivalry of the following three, Louisiana Tech at FIU, Utah at Arizona State, and Western Kentucky at Charlotte. The biggest rivalry that is going to be canceled this year is Minnesota at number 18, Wisconsin. This is better known as Paul Bunyan's Axe because of an awesome, one of the best, trophy games in college football. One of the best trophies. It is literally a giant axe. If you want to pull up a picture, you you will find an amazing... Uh, hold on. Don't worry. I got you. So Paul Bunyan's axe. Um, this would have been the 130th meeting between these teams. Their rivalry dates back to 1906, and it has been played continuously for 100... This would have been the 115th consecutive year that it had been played. We're, we're talking... Uh, 1907, there was a one-year... They have played almost consistent... I know what am I saying? It, they actually started in 1890. Uh, they missed one year, which was 1906. So they have played almost continuously since 1890. This is only the second time in the history that this game has been canceled. Spanish flu didn't matter. World War One, World War Two doesn't matter. That is a huge, huge, huge blow. For rivalries, and it's it's very unfortunate. Um, but this year is just getting crazier. Um, I'll do a quick rundown of top 25 games: Nebraska at Iowa, Iowa uh, at 24, Iowa, number 13, Iowa State, number 17. Eh, screw it. Um, 
you guys can look that up online uh, if anyone actually wants to pay attention. I will cover, however, the big rivalry games. Um, you've got LSU, Texas A&M. That's a big one. That one is most notable for the seven-overtime masterpiece they did a couple of years ago. Um, it was so long, and it was so insane that they changed the overtime rules because of it. Uh, you know, you know, a game or an incident or a moment is big when it literally changes the rule book. Um, yeah, look it up. I think the score was 72-70 to 70 in seven overtimes. It was the longest and highest scoring game in college football history. Um, uh, that one, you've got uh, another big one, number two Clemson and number one Alabama, the Iron Bowl. That's going to be a big one. Um I don't know. Alabama's obviously the favorite to win this because they're the higher ranked team. They have they are unanimous number one team in the AP poll. Um, but you never know. Look at 2013, the kick six. Uh, that's the beauty of rivalry games. You just never know. I thought it was Auburn versus Alabama. What did I say? Clemson. Right. Sorry, Auburn at Alabama. Uh, um. You never know with the Iron Bowl. You just never know, or any rivalry for that matter. Uh, another one, a big rivalry game is Oregon at Oregon State. Used to be known as the Civil War, but in light of protests, may, uh, the name was changed because Civil War has Southern segregation uh, connotations. So they're looking for a new name, um, but... It's the rivalry formerly known as the Civil War. They have an awesome trophy. It's a platypus because Oregon Ducks, Oregon State Beavers. Mm-hmm. You get it? It's yeah. platypus has the yeah. duck bill and the beaver tail. Um, very clever. Now let's go to our local teams. Um, Miami is... Are they playing this week? I think it's postponed Wake Forest. Of the CBO. It was postponed. Ah, yeah. uh, no wonder I couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Miami's not playing this week because of postponements. FIU, as I mentioned earlier, they're postponed. Thanks a lot, FIU. It's their fault. Um, no, seriously, they said the issue is with their program. Who um, else? Florida State? I don't know because I don't Virginia. Care. Oh, it's Virginia? But, okay. You're yeah. screwed. Um, UCF at South Florida, the war on I-4. Um, always a favorite. I actually, my, my phone background, uh, since I, my phone, it shows the time on it. So it's like, you know, right now it's 8.51 p.m. I made a background where it says it's blank and South Florida still sucks. And then the top. <laughs> And then the time fills right in. So it's 8.51, and South Florida still sucks. Hmm. Um, and the A's are the the USF logo, but flipped upside down. Because their logo is a U, horns down, you mm-hmm. know, let's go UCF, 
Uh, let's tie the Stam series. Uh, currently, the series is 6-5 in favor of Zibbles. Uh, but if we tie this, we take one more bragging right away from them, which is, well, we lead the series. Um, yeah, but we've been kicking your ass for the past few years, so hearty har har. Um, that'll be fun. Interesting note. There is a an ups, unst, uh, unsubstantiated rumor that Mackenzie Milton might make his first appearance at this game since 2018. Do they need him? No. So let me... Uh, I'm sure everyone knows the story, but I'll just do a quick recap. Mackenzie Milton was UCF's starting quarterback from a couple of games into the 2016 season through almost the end of the 2018 season, took us to an undefeated uh, national championship season in 2017, led us most of the way to an undefeated regular season and conference championship. Unfortunately, in the last regular season of the game, which was at Raymond James Stadium in 2018, he suffered a Alex Smith-type injury. We're talking... There was no pulse in his leg. It was horrific injury. This is the kind of thing that players do not come back from. Um, but somehow, there, some way, can't really explain it, not only is he walking, he has been cleared to play football, ladies and gentlemen. It's insanity. It shouldn't happen. It sh this should not be happening, but it is. And as much as I love KZ, as we call him, as much as I love him to, you know, since there's really n nothing to play for, there's no reason for him to play this, this week or this season for that matter, I'd love for him to come back into a full, let's hope, in 2021, hopefully there's a full bounce house and he can start the home opener against whoever we're playing. Talk about a huge moment where surely more than 45,000 people are going to give him probably the loudest standing ovation that he has or ever will receive in his life. That being said, talk about a headline. He comes back in his first appearance at the place where his life and his career was forever changed. No matter what happens, it's going to be a huge game. The fact that they're even teasing it is huge. Um, this this is a moment that a lot of people didn't think would happen. Um, there was a chance he would lose his leg. Um, there was a chance that he wouldn't walk again. So the fact that he's there's even a chance of him playing is ridiculous and insane, and I love it. Um, last up, uh, sorry for my little tangent there, but it's just huge. Uh, it's a huge event, and uh, FAU. Uh, and playing then, uh, Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, 3.30 on CBSSN, CBS Sports Network. Um, so 
and FAU is receiving some votes in the in the human polls, the AP and the in uh, uh, the coaches. So FAU's having a pretty decent season for what it's worth. Um, so yeah, that's the the extent of college football. I mean, the the big headline outside of the games and the cancellations was Dabo Swinney. Um, we covered that a bit earlier. So uh, any any questions for me, gentlemen? Of what's going on because I can't think of anything else but I'm always good to answer questions nah uh, I mean, New Year's Six Bowl is coming soon mm. since we're going to be off next week what's your thoughts on that because I don't know we're, we're in a weird spot where next week's show because well, there's I, so many speculation I, I wanted to do that. our college bowl extravaganza like we did last year Andrew gotcha I'd, I'd like to do that. I'm game. We did that last year, and it was like we covered like every single pool game in some right. way, shape, or form. That so, was fun. And that, that tickled my fancy. That's, that, that'll be that our, our bonus mid-episode where, you know, we'll, we'll in the middle of our transition from through the holidays. So we'll, we'll throw that in. I think maybe, the, I guess the week before, it was like, the, I think December 19th, like the first of the bowl games or whatever. So mm-hmm. probably like that that week before that or whatever that Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever we can get together, kind of just sit down and be like, okay, let's, uh, let's go through this. Uh, the, uh, let's see the old spice bowl. Who's doing that? And then we'll just keep going. <laughs> from there. Um, but I, I will say just to briefly, excuse me, to briefly touch on what you were talking about. Um, Charles is I, I will say what Freddie says is going to be the top four. Um, the two semifinal uh, bowls this year are the Rose Bowl over in Pasadena and the Sugar Bowl over in, in New Orleans. In New Orleans. Um, for the Rose Bowl, he has Ohio State and Clemson. For the Sugar Bowl, he has Alabama and Oregon. He projects that the Ooh, national no. championship, which will be played here in Miami, at Hard Rock Stadium, will be between Ohio State and Alabama. That'll so no, be no, no love on uh, Notre Dame, huh? Because technically, asterisks aside, wouldn't it be in the line for it? Or is Freddie? Oh, certainly, that? certainly they're 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 in the running for it. Hold on, Freddie just told me something. Oh wait, he gave me an updated list of bowls. Um, okay. So Rose Bowl is now Clemson, Ohio State. Sugar Bowl is now Alabama, Notre Dame. There you go. Um, he gave me that list a couple of couple of days ago. Um, this is interesting. He projects Pittsburgh and UCF in the Military Bowl. Maybe we can get some revenge on them, those bastards. Um, and then the the other New Year's Six Bowls: Georgia, Cincinnati, and the Peach Bowl. Uh, Oregon, BYU, and the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, and Orange Bowl would be Miami Northwestern. What I would love more than anything else, and God, I wish I could go to this and cover it because, oh my God, it would be incredible. There are some people who project that Miami and Florida would play in the Orange Bowl. Oh my God. Well, the CV numbers would just spike then because everybody. Well, would be of course it would. Although, although I mean, Hard Rock Stadium, they're only giving like what twenty five percent capacity. Something like yeah, they mean the 
the Dolphins and Hurricanes have both hosted people, so yeah. So it's still like twenty five percent capacity, but it's got everything you want. It's two of the mate. It's it's the two closest Power Five schools to Miami. Florida, which is I don't know what five hours from from Miami, five six hours maybe. Uh, yeah, give or take. I'm gonna speak for everyone. I hope that doesn't happen, Andrew. I really don't. <laughs> I I I kind of don't want it to happen anyway for a very valid reason, which is I would think UF would win, and I couldn't deal with the hubris. Because if you thought Miami hubris was bad, oh my, oh, my... oh 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 oh, you, you you do not need to you yeah, do yeah. not need to lecture me on the but, hubris of UF. But for the non like you know people in our region who had lived through it, right in South Florida, you know growing up as high in high school and then going to college and even going to law school. Like, because, you know, uh, how do I want to say this? Miami is like the high school kid who's squirrely in his face. Like, is that all you got? And he's got his face all bruised up and everything like that. Since we're in the holiday season, if you guys remember a Christmas story, he's skunk or whatever, the guy that's next to uh, Fer- who's Fergus's toady, the toady with the little leather jacket. You know, he's kind of a punk, but some people might be scared of it. And then we get to, like, UF. And you, I-, I don't know. UF is just, like, Oh, man, I don't. I don't want to go like super dark humor, so I'm not. I'm gonna even avoid that for a second. I'll tell you guys what the joke was you, off the game. You game-ish. avoiding dark humor? What oh, the hell no, is going you, on? When I tell you off air what it what who I would equate it to, but he's just basically a frat boy who thinks he can get his way. It's that mm-hmm. kind of punchable oh, face that you have with UF fans because we had it with the Tebow era, Chris Leak era, uh, anything Urban Meyer in the last couple, the last two years. I would say it's kind of been there. You're just like, oh Jesus Christ, man, no one cares. You're not even good enough to win the SEC. <sighs> Lay off it. Um, yeah, people out there, like, I mean, part of the reason why I didn't even want to go to UF for law school or um, that is just because I didn't want to take myself with those people, you know, <laughs> plain and simple. And not even lie. And also, there's nothing. Listen, have you been to Gainesville, guys? Oh, Alachua County, all oh, that area? Oh, oh, man. Oh, oh my God. Do you know the nicest place to snort angel dust? Because I'm sure you can find it there. <laughs> you know, all, all the like, oh, County, hey. baby. <laughs> yeah, all the, all they got is Ace and Charles, which is a cool bookstore, and then they have a couple other things, and then they got UF, and they got that place where that one kid died from kindergarten because he found cocaine. So there you go. Yeah, we don't we don't go there. That's Gainesville, I, Florida, everybody. Charles, you, you're going to have to send me the link to that because I've never heard that story. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I, I want to say it's fabricated and unsubstantiated, but I'm almost certain that probably happened at oh, some point. But... All right, let's. <laughs> Okay, oh, so and before we go, I, I forgot the Cotton Bowl, which is Oklahoma and Florida, uh, Freddie's projection. Um, so yeah, that's that's our New Year's Six, and if if uh, if Francisco and or Charles is up for it, I'd like to do one of those uh, bowl recaps once they make all the decisions, which should be oh, like mid December. Yep. Oh, if you look on our YouTube channel, it's already kind of reserved for that. So, nice. yeah, I kind of been planning it out already in some way. So right let's. Uh, okay, so let's go to the NFL. How's once again the fantasy update? How's everybody doing? I'm on a five-game winning streak. I want to know why every time I change my name, I win. <laughs> <laughs> And I tested it out last week because I changed my name in the money league because I still have a fighting chance in the playoffs because it's an eight-league team with a six-playoff spot. 
and I didn't change it in the 10 playoff league because I already knew the game I lost last week really just hit the implications really hardcore. I'll still play, but I'll tell you now, and Freddie, I know how you feel about this. I don't I don't play for consolation prizes. The minute I see that I'm eliminated, I don't even set it anymore. You know, because I, I was not good enough to make it to the big dance, and I don't claim fake championships about playing the championship game. UCF shade. Um, I don't oh, do God that. I, I don't do, hey, I don't do that. I don't even think it should ever be a thing. The money, the money league matters most, whatever. So Trash of Trujillo was set out in the non-money league, and I lost by a lot because, you know, certain things happened, and that's fine. I already knew I was going to lose just because of the way the team stacked. Sometimes you just know what's going to happen. I changed the name of my team in the money league because the money league has my other attorney and my paralegal there. There's been a lot of smack talk. I'm a great trash talker, guys, but I never trash talk against anybody, but I was on a four-game streak, and I was doing great. And then what started the decline of my three-game losing streak was when I against the other attorney, and I had 190 points, and he had 225. That's unheard of. I would have won in that league against everybody else, and it just went to hell after that. I changed the name, boys. The name got changed from Trash to Trio because everybody knows I was coming back from... Um, I was coming back out of retirement. I'm not. I'm retiring for good this year. This is my final farewell too. I might actually change my name if I'm going to the playoffs to like you know Undertaker or Tombstone or something like that. But I changed it from that to uh to Old Yeller because I knew I was getting wiped out. And let me tell you something. Something happened where Old Yeller was like, "I'm going rapid, man," because I'm rapid for victory. And I did. I I had the second most points by like two points behind. And that's what Todd Gurley only giving me 3.9. Raheem Morris, what are you doing, man? Like, what do you do? DeAndre Hopkins only getting 10 points at that Hail Mary because why? Kyler Murray doesn't like grown men. He throws the ball to the children. He's maybe oh a God. pedo. I don't know. But every time it's – and you know what? Every time he doesn't throw Hopkins the ball that much, they lose. Well-deserved. His shoulder was kind of bad. But everybody else – guys, I'm going to tell you right now. I am what I consider myself to be a heterosexual male. I own three grown men kisses on the lips for saving my season. Because if I lost this one, boy, am I really behind the eight ball. So you know who's going to get some kisses on the lips, guys? You know, Deshaun Watson doesn't get it because now it's expected. We know what your greatness is. No kissy kisses for you. Keenan <laughs> Allen, though, sir. You can get some smooches. 34 points. And that's also why I lost in my non-money league because my opponent had him. I was like, all right, we're just going to accept it. Um, Derek Henry, you get some smooches, baby. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about this. So Derek Henry gets some smooches. The Tennessee Baltimore game. Oh yeah, they all get smooches. Is there a Derek Henry job? Do you have one of those? Because we had the the, the Garrett no. Cole job. There's no uh, Derek Henry job. I think the problem is, is we're so far on the back nine on it. Plus, also we didn't really pay him the astronomical amount of money the way we paid. Um, Garrett Cole, because even though Henry's getting paid, he's not the highest paid running back. I think that's still Zeke's contract. Actually, no, it's CMC. So, like, there has to be, you know, limits test. But if you want me to say, if you want me to say, there, is there a Henry hand, Handy? Sure. You know, the, the Henry Handy just gets into it because this is not one, but two. And you know what? Henry Handy time. Screw this shit. He is 0-2 because there's two overtime games that he has helped us win by having a big run. The first one a few weeks back in Houston, where both him and Deshaun went, Watson went balls out, no pun intended and relevant to the handy portion. But, you know, he had a running, like, at that point, I think it was like a 40-yard touchdown to score. And, and, and this game against Baltimore, frauds, um, you know, he got the 29 touchdown 
uh, run coming into it for the touchdown that helped cement it. So, you know, side note, because I'll, I'll sum up who gets kisses. Darren Waller gets kisses. Justin Jefferson gets kisses. Justin Jefferson, you might be in line for more kisses, baby. Jack and Jefferson here because Adam Thielen's on the COVID reserve list. So watch yourself, son. Earn your keep. But Henry, you know, I guess from the back nine stats we're going to do, we're going to look at the Henry hand, Handy because it's going to be if you get us a game-winning touchdown because that's so unheard of, right? Unless it's like that fourth-and-one goal-line stand kind of thing, but he's literally just churning it out in production, and it's in overtime. So our stats for the football season, we get two Handy Henrys or Henry Handys. What do you guys like better? I kind of like Handy Henrys because like Wreck-It Ralph, but the, the very rated R version. Um... <laughs> So we're going to give – it doesn't beat righty-whitey. I'm going to get canceled. I call <laughs> Kyler Murray a pedophile. I'm talking about Handy Henrys. But you know what, though? Freedom of speech, baby. Oh, Say man. what I want. This is why I have the explicit marker on our podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't get over it. Oh, man. I, I can't get over I, I wrote it in my notes. I'm like, I, I wrote it in my notes. I'm like, Derek Henry job? Question mark? I'm like – I can't believe I wrote that in a sentence, but sure. Um, I can't believe I had an answer instantaneously. There's yeah. something wrong with me. I literally must have been John Holmes in another life. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, there were some altercations during that game. Yeah. Let me let me take the reins on that one real quickly. Baltimore, you're fraudulent. Why do we own your number? We're not good teams. Harbaugh. Just because we're in the middle of your field, talking that smack doesn't mean you can yell at Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel will F you up, man. Mike Vrabel's the guy who goes to pick up his kid drunk at the college party and get with his girlfriend or boyfriend. We've seen how Mike Vrabel lives, you know, after the draft. You don't want that. You don't want that smoke, son. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. He'll hit you so hard in the face that your brother's going to be coaching or uh, quarterbacking for the Colts. That's how hard he'll knock you out. But please continue, Francis. Oh, man. So... Yeah, you had that little altercation there between the teams, the little uh, things. And, of course, it played out during the game, overtime comeback, from down 21 to 10. Is Lamar Jackson cursed with the Madden curse, especially the worst Madden of all time? Or are Um... the Baltimore Ravens just not utilizing... Are they are they too slow for him? I don't know. Is this just that they've uh, they've hit a wall? I'm not even sure. Are they just so, they, they're not good enough? So the Madden curse they're is just when you would have yeah. When the Madden curse is when you would have an atrocious season. Being seven and four or six and three is not atrocious right now. His okay. statistics aren't off. You know what the problem is is that Greg Roman and John Harbaugh are getting too cute and they're trying to say hey we want you to be this all-around pocket passer go-around. They've moved away from the formula of how they did the power running with Mark Ingram, Also, Jake by the way, that, that, that touchdown uh, that run by Derrick Henry at the end, did, it, did Baltimore look like they wanted to tackle that man? Because even tackle that it, man? It, it didn't even look like they were, like, I, I don't even want any of that. <laughs> so, so Derrick oh, Henry... By the way, like, uh, I wanted to say thank you for Derrick Henry. He's on my fantasy team, and he has right. been helping me much. You see, he gets a kiss on the lips for you and me. I'll do it twice for you. Thank you. Um, to touch on that, so Derrick Henry looks like the Predator with the dreads and everything, right? <laughs> so you remember how in the horror movies, and I think it's in actually Predators, the movie with Adrian Brody, where there's like that one, there's always that one hero in a horror thriller or sci-fi movie where like they know there's no chance that they're going to win, but what they want to do is just kind of um, 
be the time distraction to allow the other people to survive. That's how Baltimore was like, we're gonna get killed. But maybe the guy in the secondary can tackle him. You know, skinny ass Marlon Humphrey, way <laughs> of one ninety five, doing something. You don't want to tackle that guy. That's a lot of beef right there, and that's a lot of speed in that beef, man. It's 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 literally just fantastic. But um, Baltimore's just playing the wrong game because they're not dedicated to run. It's not. I mean, they lost Ronnie Stanley, so that kind of hurts a little bit. I would I would definitely agree with that. But you know, they're not utilizing Mark Ingram. I granted Ingram was out for list for a while. Now he's on the reserve list. So is um, J.K. Dobbins, who has had like an up and down year as a rookie, and then you're stuck with Gus Edwards kind of doing everything. So it might not be, you know, ideal, but this is where it kind of leaves you. You're trying to get cute with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews ain't doing it. Hollywood, Hollywood Brown, it's not even so much that you can – he was frustrated Lamar Jackson a couple of weeks ago for not giving him targets. You're not getting separation, man. And part of the name of the game is getting separation. You know, they're probably better reliance on – um, old Des Bryant just trying to you know come back for the love of the game instead of everything else that comes in. So I, 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 it's a lot of it, and that's when you just need to reevaluate because the AFC is surprisingly good, and you're really behind on the Steelers, who are a fraudulent ten and zero. They're not good. I'll talk about that when the time comes. Um, but you might miss out on a playoff spot because we're around. We're not going to die. We're in the fight with Indy, but Indy's good to where one of us will get that spot. Oakland's good. I never thought I'd say it. Cincinnati's good. I'm not going to say Cleveland's good. Never thought I'd say that. There's a bunch of good out there, good enough to get into those wild card spots, and you're just kind of floundering around, losing against teams that give a bigger fight to because we weren't supposed to come back. We're not designed to come back down 11, down 14. We're not. But you let Corey Davis get separation. Shocker. I know. My fear is that he's going to get good enough to get a big paycheck even though I don't want him re-signed. You know who I want, folks? I want Allen Robinson from the Bears. I don't think he's coming back. I think he wants Tannehill. I want him and A.J. Brown. I don't know if we have the money, but we gave one year $15 million to Jadavian Clowney. Do nada. So let me give like four years 15 mil a piece or more. He's probably going to warrant it like 18 mil to a guy who I know is really going to help our receiving end. And then we just try to get lightning in a bottle because that's always what we need is because one of the reasons why we lost against Kansas City last year in the ASC championship because we didn't have that smoke, man. We didn't have that file power. And here's the thing. Kansas City is super beatable. I don't know if uh, Freddie has – he probably has him ranked in the top in the AFC because oh, – yeah. well, let's, let's take a look at the front rank right, real quick. Yeah, that right. Tra- transitioning into that. But they, they're a very beatable Super Bowl defending champion. You so know, right now, Fred Rank, he's still got the, the Chiefs at number one as a champion, has New Orleans Saints as the NFC champion as of now, has the Steelers going perfect season but not winning at all. Really? At the moment. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Also. Trash. <laughs> trash. Like, <laughs> completely trash. After this game. I thought Aaron Rodgers was supposed to win you stuff, boys. Mm. Oh, he tied up and then Mardez, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, you know, fumbled. So. You got the LA Rams. Also. Uh, defeating Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Trash. Being a, uh, a sore loser. But we all knew that. Baby Brady. The he's no longer has the Miami Dolphins as a wild card. And the Miami Dolphins are terrible. Uh, uh. I am back, guys. I'm back to being a pessimistic Dolphins fan. They gave me hope <laughs> for one week, and look what they did. 
Oh. Francisco, you, you finally believe in us. You finally believe in us. Yes, I do. Now go out there and beat that mediocre Denver Broncos team. Nah, I don't think I will. What the, the hell is going on? Oh, man. And this entire week, the coach is like, we should we should have coached better. Yeah, and then pulling Tua, I get that, and whatever. I, you guys, you ruined it. I'm back to being the Grinch of Miami Dolphins fan base. All right, they're a terrible football team. We're never going to win anything, and it's over for now. It's over, all right? He's got us going 10-6. Nah, let's do that. Let's go back to 8-8, eight eight, folks. That's that's where the Dolphins belong. Nice 8-8 eight eight right there. So you're not good I, enough I, to get anybody good, not bad enough to get anybody good either. <laughs> what do you say about the two experiment? Because you know, a lot of times quarterbacks will or coaches will let quarterbacks rookie just kind of ride it out. They won't pull them in a winnable game. Still, um, do you think that I I don't know um, Tua's makeup and everything like that? I know the last three games he's Look, played. I, I get Fitzpatrick kind of gave him a shot at winning that game, but of course then. He became Fitzception right there and then at the end of the game. So it was inevitable that something like that was going to happen. But, uh, nah, man. Nah. I'm, uh, I'm over it. I'm done. That's it. Have yeah. you lost just complete faith in Tua? I mean, has he? I don't know if he's really. Because he's like 11 of 20 for like 80 yards each game, man. He yeah. just doesn't turn the ball over, but he doesn't look like he's moving. Well, he's fumbled. Chains. He's fumbled. Yeah, but that's, that's expected with, with like an athletic, you know, yeah. uh, quarterback. I, I don't think he's, he there. hasn't shown like that, that kind of X factor thing where it's like, oh my god, he's the different Herbert. than everybody else, you know? Yeah, I guess something where that kind of showcases, you know, why he's different or, or what have you and maybe that might be down to the coaching maybe they're playing too conservative with them i have no idea the you want to say the dolphins never weapon. go past eight yards down the line anyways so they're not even doing big plays it, it, i don't know man. but either way the dolphins have lost my confidence again mm. and it was it was it was a hairline uh amount of confidence that i had when you know they they turned me over a little bit but then but then uh they brought it back, guys. I'm back. Okay, other games. Uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, they they, they beat Jacksonville. What the? Okay. Frauds. Yeah. Frauds. Six round pick. Jake Lewin throws four interceptions, but I'm supposed to lick those nuts. Get out of here. The Cincinnati Bengals. Unfortunate. <sighs> Broken Burrow. Yeah. Torn ACL. He's out. You, you that one? You really do hate to see it. Yeah. Um. Cincinnati, you get as many linemen as possible. I mean, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? You're going to ruin this guy. You have to get draft him, trade for him, sign him to a bunch of money. Just do it. Figure it out. Because uh, you, you can't. You just can't let this happen. And it happened. So... Get on it. Let's go. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. What other games did I highlight here? Uh, Seattle versus Arizona. That was, that was good. A, yeah, that was a good game. Battle for first place. Uh, look at these things from Russell Wilson. 92 wins. 
the most ever in their first nine seasons of their career. He passed Peyton Manning. I didn't know that. Uh, third in National Football League history, third QB, with 30-plus touchdowns four seasons in a row. So that's, I think, Drew Brees and Brett Favre have done that. And, uh, like, like Russell Wilson has been having a... I, it seems like he's had, like, a secret Hall of Fame career right now. Like, it's a, it doesn't seem like it, but he has. He's having a secret Hall of Fame career where it's like, he's going to get into Canton and we're going to be like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, oh, really? Oh, yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, that Super you would Bowl. not you would not qualify him in that? <laughs> huh? I mean, I guess it's still too early. In no, 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 it just seems like he's, I, I, maybe because he's out in Seattle, and it just seems like, you know, it's such a faraway place and all that stuff that it seems like, um that but it, he's been just good and I I can't much find much fault in his career at all and I'm just surprised by all this, these stats that came out about him being like just having these amazing numbers so yay Russell Wilson good job good job that's, that's all I got for NFL those are the only games that I kind of took notice of um, I got one more on it. Alex Smith won his first football game yes. since his leg injury. So we we mentioned the McKenzie Milton, where he was the pro equivalent of that. Good for him. Um, nobody wants to win the NFC East. Tank division. Wait, who who, yeah. who does uh, who does Freddie have winning this thing? It, he's probably putting Philly. The New York Philly. Giants. Um, you know what was funny? I actually said they have a competitive chance because the defense is playing much better. They just don't have an offensive skill set. But sometimes good enough is just okay enough, right? Yeah. To kind of get there. Yeah, it is. So. And you know what's going to be funny? They're going to be the ones that beat the first round locker <laughs> team. <laughs> okay. Outside from that, anything more from the NFL guys? Oh, no. um, they're requiring now. So very, very briefly, because it's a CV-related world now, because of all these positive tests, especially in Baltimore, they're requiring um, – oh, I'm fighting King K. Cruel. Sorry, or King Cruel, whatever. K.R. Rule, whatever you call him. Um, damn it. Damn it. Uh, he looks like Roger Goodell in his, in his omnipotence. I, this is what happens when I don't prep out my thought process. So now they're going to say, oh, players must wear stuff on the sidelines now, mask. Too little, too late, bro. You know, you've got in 10 games, and this is the logic that you have to dictate? Why are we this delayed? You know, we talked about it many times on the show. You had ample opportunity to make decisive, proper I, things, and you don't care. I find it... I find all of this with requiring the mass and stuff, and the same thing happened in Major League Baseball. Um, not the NHL and the NBA, because they had their bubbles. Nobody wears the mask correctly. Nobody's wearing it consistently. It's either on, it's off, it's on their just their mouth, it's on their chin, and they wear it over their face for like a little bit, then they take it off when they talk to somebody. It's it's all over the place. Nobody's doing it. Was it Andy Reid was wearing like a, a Darth like the, Vader clear through? Yeah, the yeah the face thing, which doesn't which has been proven that doesn't work. It's not like it, it, the virus moves. That's not like a freaking iron shield that he has in front of him. So. <laughs> It's all for show, and I, I find it pointless that they're doing it. 
this way. Okay, I get it. You know, but it's all for show. It's all for show. Nobody's, none of them are taking it seriously. They probably should take it seriously, I would think, but none of them do. So the players aren't going to take it seriously, anyways. I, we saw it in baseball. We're seeing it here. I don't know, man. Uh, it's, 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 they're all stupid. So whatever. I'll, I'll just do what I whatever I can for myself. Anyways, um, what else here? We're coming up. Okay, last couple minutes of the show, and then we'll end it here. NBA stuff happened. Uh, our, our, our boy Bam, our boy Bam, he's gonna get paid. <sighs> Clay Thompson's so, out because yeah. he's made of glass. Trevor Reza doesn't have a team, does he? Um, he has a team, but that's like saying I got a, I got a, I got a significant under, but she's swiping on Tinder, man. You know, you ain't got nobody, pal. Sorry. Yeah. NBA free agency. Gordon Hayward goes to Charlotte, so Boston. Mister. <laughs> what is, man? Just Boston. You know what? I don't care. They're, it's fun that they're a joke. It's fun that the Patriots are a joke now. It's just fun. Let's just keep making Boston sports teams a joke. The Red Sox are the biggest joke. The Red Sox are a big you joke. You hired Alex Cora every Boston week. Boston Bruins. Until you fire him. I'm going to mention that. Oh, I just beat him. Yay. Fred Van Vliet stays in Toronto. Good. Getting paid. Uh, Tristan Thompson's headed to Boston. Oh. <laughs> 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 but you know who suffers the most out of this? Poor Kevin Love can't get the hell out of Cleveland. I thought you were going to say Chloe. <laughs> yeah, poor Chloe. <laughs> oh, crap, he's back. Hold Cleveland on. and now Boston? Come on now. <laughs> um, There's poor people here. <laughs> Gallinari goes to Atlanta. That's actually a good built team. Don't sleep on that. The Southeast Division might be sneaky good. There's some improvement, especially Atlanta. So uh, Dwight Howard goes to Philly. After teasing that he's going to, oh, I'm going to stay in L.A. And then he signs with Philly. I, I have no laughter left in me on that, but I'm going to laugh at that. Yeah. Because you literally got rid of Al Horford, who just didn't fit well in the spacing. Now you're going to get a guy who's just a rim protector. Yeah. Uh, our Heat, Goron, Myers Leonard, and Kelly Olenek stay. Yay! And we got... Um, Bradley and Harkless. Bradley. And Brad, listen, Bradley used to be a devastator over in, in Boston about five, six years back. The guy was actually going to be their focal piece, if you remember correctly. And for us just to use him as a six-man and just heater, it, I, I think if you use him the way that the Rockets use Eric Gordon, I think it fits perfectly. Mm -hmm. I mean, losing Jay Crowder, you you know my feelings on Jay Crowder. It's kind of there and not there. Like He's a good defensive wing. He's a 3 and D guy, but... He replaced. I think Harkless and Bradley can kind of the, do what he did. The, the Heat weren't going to pay him the money that he was looking for, and he of got, course, the he Miami Heat paid. told him, "We're like, we have a plan for next off season, and we're not deviating from that at all. And we know what exactly the plan is." So, El Gigante Calor, mm -hmm. the Giannis. Yep, and uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell also stays in Utah for a bunch of money. We hope, he he gets a kiss on the lips. We mm -hmm. like him. And uh, and then we yeah we talked about the Raptors moving to Tampa. We the South. <laughs> All right. So aside from that, don't have anything more. 
I think we're we're at the end, guys. So I want to give that thanks like that it. thankful thought oh, process. Oh yes, what's uh, thanks pre Thanksgiving? So we're almost here Thanksgiving week. So uh, I don't know if we want to do this sports related or in general, but what have you guys been thankful for this year? Uh, well, I mean, I'll, despite I'll its what. setbacks, what? I'm thankful that I still have a job. I think, uh, <laughs> right? I, 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 honestly, um, I have to be incredibly thankful to uh, people I work for, person I work for. He's been incredibly generous to me. Um, has been my whole career, really. So I, I can't thank him enough for keeping me employed through all of this, despite the fact our plans were ruined by the virus, along with millions and millions and millions upon people around the world. So uh, the fact that I'm still getting paid and doing work in some semblance of ways, um, I'm thankful for that, that I can uh, do that and um, be able to maintain myself and and uh, I know I'm an incredibly lucky person because there are once again millions and millions of people out there who don't have that even still right now so and hopefully things will get better we will have a vaccine hopefully in short order and we can make 2021 actually happen and be a do-over of this year in some way shape or form for all of us um so yeah that's that's what i'm thankful for want to go next charles um yeah i mean if anything it's been a crazy year so um i will be thankful for you know i think what people understand with the legal employment that we have it's not a guarantee a lot of people got concerned. I, I work in a um, field where a year ago we were going to get furloughed because the federal government was being pissy pants and all that stuff. So to be deemed an essential service means that there's food on the plate because I have a nest egg to prepare from, but um, you know, seeing how it impacts because I work in domestic violence. So the idea is the, the violence has shot, shot up, guys. So I, I'm thankful for the work that I do, the community that I help out to kind of give some positive approach. Um, I'm thankful for my family, for you know keeping me level-headed, friends, everybody else. I come. I'm thankful for you guys because this is my, um, this is my life away from the law stuff, and I think that's great because for everybody that I'll tell you there, when you find your career that you're going to do, understand that it's a career, but it doesn't mean that it's a passion. You can ha- be passionate about your career, but there's more to you, I think, sometimes than the work identity that you have. So with working with you two in this and then Freddie and BU and everybody that comes in, I'm thankful that you guys make it fun, enjoyable, to which I don't regret it like I regret social outings to see friends for birthdays, holidays, or whatever, right? You guys are like the first date each time. You're always excited. Um, I'm thankful for just, you know, I mentioned family of friends. Um, I don't know. I think, I think I'm just thankful for humanity in a way to kind of give us a new future, new opportunity. However you feel about 2021, the idea is maybe we're taking steps further to make it better than 2020. It's an interesting concept. It's an interesting idea, maybe semantics that come into play, but 
you know, it could be something where, you know, I definitely look for anything that's better and bigger. And you can only get an idea of what that would be and be thankful and appreciate if you felt that the beginning of the year was more difficult. And I know a lot of us in this world felt that that was a lot harder because where we were in March, boys, where we were in March of 2020 might be different in November 2020, but I can appreciate the struggle. I can appreciate the hustle. And I'm thankful for the chance to grow and develop, I guess, from everything. I mean, I can't really say it much better than that. Um, you kind of covered everything. Um, you know, I'm thankful that everyone I know is is healthy um, yeah. for the most part. Um, I'm, like Charles said, I'm thankful for you guys. You guys are, this show is something I look forward to every week and uh, you you supported me through bar prep and I'm definitely going to continue to lean on you guys uh, going forward and yeah, I don't know much what else to say I mean I'm, I'm lucky that I have a job as well um, you know, I'm just a lot of, you know I always have a lot to be thankful for each year um, but especially this year, because on my end, it could have been a lot worse. Mm. And, you know, as bad as this year has been, um, it's, it's really kind of put my priorities in place, uh, kind of adjusted my, my perspective on life, because... You know, stuff that I would have thought, you know, was the end of the world. Uh, you realize that in the grand scheme of things, it it really isn't that much compared to what other people are going through right now. And uh, that's another thing I guess I'm thankful for is that uh, some positive might come out of this in my life going forward. Uh, and just hopeful that I'm thankful for our first responders. I know we haven't done a real MVP on them in a while, but our first responders, our essential workers, uh, anyone who's been on the front line of this, um, thankful to people who have, for the people wearing masks, for the people that are actually stepping up and doing the right thing. I'm thankful to the people developing the vaccines. Uh, I could go on and on. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for a lot of people. I'm thankful for a lot of things. And hopeful that, you know, on November 24th, 2021, um, things will be a bit, uh, a bit more back to normal. As, as normal things can be uh, post-COVID. Okay. Uh, let's do a separate thankful. What's your sports thankful for? I mean, for me, I'm going to go with the Miami Marlins this year. Um, mm. I guess they kind of embodied 2020 for a lot of people, especially the Marlins fan base. Look, I, I get 
the wild card scenario that was happening this year. I understand the expanded playoff. I get all of that. But the fact that they, they, Jeremy put it, uh, Jeremy Taché, when he was on our show, he put it pretty much succinctly. The Marlins went through basically everything that a lot of people were going through this year and getting infected and being postponed and all that stuff. And, and then finding a way to overcome all of that, all of the odds, uh, and, and beating teams that were better than them, sustaining whatever they could sustain to try and just scratch and claw themselves up. And then having that, that brief moment in the playoffs sweeping the Cubs in the first round. That was it for me. That was that was the Marlins. Me being as fanatical about the Marlins. I mean, feeling like I was, once again, back in high school cheering for that team in 2003. And um, I fell in love with baseball again because of them. I was kind of out of it, uh, you know, focused on hockey and everything. And now, because of them this year and, and the the team that they had, I'm back. And our Lord and Savior, Derek Cheater, will bring us new heights for sure. So that's what I'm thankful for, for sports at least. I'll go next because I think I, Andrew has the best feel-good story if he goes where I think <laughs> he's going. So I'll leave it for him. Um, guys, I like happy endings. I, I like the idea. Well, I mean, um, yeah, you have the Cole job and the Henry Handy. Well, yes. Yeah, and the righty whitey, uh, the whitey righty. Uh, <laughs> though I don't go to Craigslist for that. Get over that. Um, so, all I got to do is have an a L named guy and we'll call it a lefty somewhere. Um, but, you know, I, I, I appreciate the struggle in life and I appreciate adversity and I'm a big bitch about it. I complain so much about it, but. I like the idea that maybe the good guy comes out at top. So I'll tell you now, it's not my team that is my thankful story. I'm thankful that the L.A. Dodgers got the World Series. I'm thankful that it was shown that they were screwed over. I'm thankful that they took it to that distance, on, even though it came at the expense of the Tampa Bay Rays. Would I have rather preferred it to be the Astros? Kind of, right, because it's nothing better than that. But even though L.A. has won enough, I think I think this victory – means more than the Lakers, even what happened with Kobe and his death, um, because there's something really there. Kershaw got his World Series ring. Dave Roberts is not an idiot. Go figure. Corey Seager, um, Cody Bellinger, and all those other guys really laying that foundation. And the Dodgers you know, go to show that, hey, if we get here three out of four years or however many times they got there, we deserved it. And they got screwed over by Houston. They got screwed over by Boston. No one wants to call it. And I think it's even sweeter because they win another one with Mookie and Boston just destroys themselves completely and then further ends their thing where uh, they hire Alex Cora. It, it's literally like, you know, the, and I never thought I'd say this, but it's not that the good guys went out, but, you know, the hero goes from turning to the dark side, comes back to the light. I don't want to say it's the Vader effect because the recent Star Wars movies have sucked, but um, it really is something that I like. That was the most feel-good. I mean, I wasn't the super invested into the World Series because I could have taken it or leaving it. If Tampa won, that's great because it's a small market series. But there's something that is very universally balancing, and I don't believe in balance, but universally balancing that a team that you found out was deprived definitely for sure from one. And you could say all that you want, uh, Correa, 
that uh, you know, a that did mean nothing, but there's a lot of evidence that indicates differently because it was a different competitive advantage. Um, and then they might have been deprived from it against Boston, but they were able to get it this time. Sometimes one is enough, and, and it really does hit that send off. And I liked it a lot. And that's my, uh, I guess, what I'm thankful for in the sports industry. Well, I have a few. Um, I'll go in the order of importance, I guess. Um, I'm thankful for my all of my sports teams. Well, first off, I'm thankful that we have sports. Yeah. Um, you know, I know it's been tough, and I know... It, honestly, at times, we shouldn't have had sports the way that people are acting, uh, people not taking this seriously, but, you know, I kept saying, you know, we don't need sports. We need one year where there's no sports, where we can just get through this, but it's been a gr- it's been such an awesome thing to have to get through all these tough times. I'm thankful for two championship appearances by my my pro teams, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Rays. Uh, I'm thankful that I'm even though we didn't win the World Series, I'm thankful that we made it, that we beat those Astros. Yay! Um, yes, you guys did achieve balance. Yeah, remember, man, I was gonna turn heel. Um, we we beat those Astros, which meant I don't want to say more than anything. You know, I wish we could have won the World Series, but damn, that felt good. That really felt good to because they beat us too when they were cheating. Yep. Um, but it it felt like. It was. It was. I, I started watching Mandalorian, so my mind is instantly going to go to uh, Empire versus Rebellion. Um, we beat the bad guys. These guys did not deserve to make it into the playoffs. They should have been banned for a year, whatever. But so they did, and so they made it all the way to the ALCS, and. They gave, the Rays gave me heart palpitations that we nearly pulled a, 20, a 2004 Yankees and went from 3, uh, 3-0 up to losing the series. Thankfully, we didn't. Thankfully, we beat them, which, if nothing else, that's a huge accomplishment for this year. But we made it to the World Series. We had The Dodgers are the best team. There's no doubt about that. We still gave them a few tough games. We won two games. That's that's nothing to scoff at. And you know, hopefully, this this is our Seattle winning run, and this greases the wheels a bit and gets the Rays to stay in Tampa, or worst case, in Orlando. Uh, but keeping them in Florida where they belong, uh, they they cannot go to Montreal. I, I can't see, bear to see that happen. Um, I'm thankful for the Lightning. Um, 
you know, I've been a, a fan since 2008, and I've experienced a lot of heartbreak with them. You know, 2011, we were a goalie paddle away from making it into overtime in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. If we win that series, it's quite possible that we win the Stanley Cup against Vancouver. Um, 2015 hurt. We made it to the Stanley Cup, but lost. We had a few close calls. 2019 was absolutely horrendous. But we, we pulled the Virginia Cavaliers. You know, we got swept by the eighth seed. We came back and win, uh, win the damn thing. And, you know, that was a great moment for us. Uh, great moment for me. It was a lot to help me get through this. Um, it was It was great to be part of such an awesome team to follow them, such an awesome fan base. Um, but as you alluded to, Charles, uh, probably the thing that I'm most thankful for in sports is the recovery of Mackenzie Milton. Um, absolutely remarkable. Uh, there, No one would blame him if he decided, you know what, my career is over. I just need to focus on getting better and have a, and have a good life. But he didn't, and the odds were totally against him, but he did it. He made it. He's, he, he's cleared to play football, which is amazing, and he could play football on Friday. Who knows? Um, but I'm thankful, not just that he gets to play football again, but that he's healthy, and no matter what happens with his football career, whether he goes to the NFL, whether he goes to the CFL, whether he goes to the XFL, whether he goes to Freddie's proposed minor league system for NFL, um, doesn't matter. But he is going to have a normal life, and that's probably the most important thing of all, and that's, that's just huge. Uh, I have a lot more to be thankful for when it comes to sports, but that's kind of the the top three, and I don't want to talk your guys' ear off much longer because we're almost three hours. <laughs> yes, we are. All right, guys. So that's it. We'll see you guys next week for a season four finale. And uh, our finale, I guess, for 2020. So you all have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe pig out and then regret all the calories that you ate the next day (laughs) adios good night happy thanksgiving from the goof world order